Welcome back to Clocks on the Stove, guys. Your usual host, myself, Grayson Fisher. We got the return of Roland Big Meech Forrester. And our guest today, the one and only Mayan Ahantu. A little background information for people that don't know Mayan. So his dad is uh, NFL legend Chidi Ahantu. He played 12 years in the NFL and was named top 100 players of all time for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mayan himself, born and raised in Tampa, Florida. He attended Berkeley Prep High School, where he played for, in my opinion, the greatest high school football coach of all time, Dominic Sire. Uh, Mayan was a three-star defensive end and received scholarships from some very, very good schools. We're talking Minnesota, Air Force, Arizona, Arkansas State, Boston College, Buffalo, Cal, Charlotte, Colorado State, Georgia Tech, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa State, Michigan State, Oklahoma. Like, it's just – if you could think of a Division One school, they most likely offered my boy Mayan. After that, he ended up signing to Minnesota, stayed in Minnesota for two years, wasn't really what he was feeling, and he transferred to go play under Coach Greg Shiano at Rutgers. And throughout Mayan's career, he's a two-time academic All-Big Ten, 30 tackles, eight solo tackles, four tackles for losses for 19 yards, 1.5 sacks for 12 yards, and one forced fumble. Mayan, how are we doing today, brother? I'm doing great, bro. Good to see you. Thanks for coming on, man. You as well. Uh, you in Jersey right now? Yeah, I'm in Jersey right now in my career, yeah. How's the oh, weather yeah. there? It's a little cold, bro. It's not like Florida, bro. You know how it goes. Oh, bro. yeah. Hey, bro, I got the tropic background. Yeah, yeah. I see. Everything in paradise, brother. Lucky was that, was that something that was weird? Like, when you, I mean, obviously, you played at Minnesota, which is cold yeah. as shit. But, like, yeah. when playing up north in general from playing in Florida, it's got to be, like, a completely different style of football. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely is. I mean, playing in Florida, bro, every day is hot. So, like, yeah. Uh, when I first went to Minnesota, it was, like, that was extreme cold, bro. So it's like when I came to Jersey, it was just like this is like a step down and the winter isn't even as serious as that is. So it was like it wasn't that much of a transition. You know what I'm saying? I'm ha definitely happier to be in this cold rather than up there. You know what I'm saying? Do you have a preference? Because, like, I mean, I, I obviously never played to, to the level that you played football. But I, I have. I've gotten – I've played in the snow before. And I, it's terrible, dude. I, terrible. As a wide receiver, a ball gets thrown at you, rock. Oh, yeah, stone. Real quick. Yeah. I'm the sure hits, the hits feel 30 times worse. Yeah, so cool. much worse. It, it's not that bad by like this once you're warmed up, but it's still it's always in the back of your mind when you're getting mm -hmm. people are just savages and just don't care, but uh it's rough. It's like you can feel like literally everything like if as soon as you start warming up and stuff and you like pop that first uh pad, like it's just like you can feel it. Like you can feel it. it's like dang, it's cold, it's really cold out here. So you got to make yeah. sure you, like, wear Vaseline, keep your body temperature warm and stuff like that. Is that, that what they do? That's what you guys mm -hmm. do? Yeah, you put, like, I mean, some people are savages. They don't go out there with anything. Running bro, backs like, can't, bro. That shit will slip out of their hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they, you can't even wear no sleeves or nothing. Like, running backs, receivers usually don't wear any sleeves or nothing because, like, they could, like, slip, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I play D-line, so I got to be comfortable in, in the trenches, you know what yeah, I'm saying? That, so. is, and that's legal? You can Vaseline up if you need to? yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can wear uh, some Vaseline, some like some body heat stuff that's gonna keep you warm throughout the game. You know what I'm saying? Damn, I've never heard of that. That's crazy. Yeah. It makes sense though, because yeah. it would keep it would keep the heat in. It wouldn't mm -hmm. excess out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's like hand warmers are key, but you kind of yeah. you gotta get called like a wimp if you wear a hand warmer, like especially <laughs> e linemen, bro. Yeah. Can't be <laughs> like like quarterback stickers and that's it. You know? No, no, no. no quarterback's gotta keep his hands warm though. He's touching the ball every play. Yeah. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, when you're playing at Berkeley, what was that like playing under Coach Sile? You know, for those of you who don't know, he's one of the best Florida coaches of all time. You can even make a statement he's one of the best 
uh, high school coaches in the entire country. I personally believe he's up there. Uh, what he's done and his accolades aren't crazy, but what he's done with what he had is what's crazy to me. Cause I mean, you've played on some of those teams, like he's had years where he's had nobody and they're still in the state final four, you know, like right. crazy. Yeah. But yeah. You, mm-hmm. you talk, what was it like playing under him and playing at Berkeley? I mean, it was a great experience, bro. He literally, he taught me the game of football. Cause like I came in there as a freshman, bro. I didn't even know what I was going to do. I didn't know if I was going to like take football really seriously at first. Cause like, I was, uh, what's it called? I thought I was a basketball player or something right. like that, bro. Um, so, uh, Coach, Coach Al just took me under his wing and taught me everything, like uh, morals, like how to be a man and stuff like that. And that's pretty much like what he bases his whole program off of is just like uh, being responsible, taking care of your responsibilities. And that's going to help you on the football field in general. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like football is literally just about details, discipline, and, and just like being on cute, being on point with everything that you do. So, um, he definitely uh, helped me a lot and definitely uh, helped me where I am today for sure. Would you say like his methods and like and like the way he taught you football and what he taught you translated helped you translate well to, to college? Most definitely because I feel like like some high schools they don't even have like they don't have coaches like Coach Sile. It's That's rare. That's very rare. So like to have that guidance and that leadership is like that's very key especially when you're molding young men and going into the world you know what I'm saying. So uh, it was definitely a great help. Yeah. Dude, his knowledge. I mean, do he, for people that don't know, he coached my dad in high school at Jesuit. Like, yeah. he's been coaching forever. Forever. Yeah. Consistently he's one has. Of those old, like, Bear Bryant type coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he's like one of those guys that, like, he had so many opportunities to go to Division One schools. Like, I remember USF wanted him at one point, Toledo yeah. City Club. Like, but he, ref- he loves high school football. Like, he loves molding kids into men. And that was, like, yeah. one thing that I loved about him so much. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very upset I never got to play under him for that. Yeah. But he's also yeah. very he's super connected, bro. Like he gets he gets players in yeah. two colleges, bro. Like kids that you would like not even think like would make it to a college, they're gonna go. Like Kosile has connections and he will make sure you're ready to go to college. Like oh no, for sure. That, that, yeah. That's really important as a head coach. Like my head coach, we went one and nine my senior year. It was rough. The year before we were we were nine and one, and he kind of just gave up, had a kid and didn't really care, but what he was good at was he played at UConn. I'm from Connecticut, so he could get everyone, even kids that were, you know, played on the bench. He got them in the D3 school, so that's a, right. a part of being a high school coach. Yeah, and I think one reason why Sio's so good at that when it comes to the recruiting is because how much the coaches trust him. You know, like, they're like, I'd rather take a kid that started three years under Sio as a three-star than some kid that mm-hmm. hopped around programs as a four-star because – Every single thing Sal is going to tell me is true. He's not going to lie to me. He, and I know if they were coached under him, they're going to be disciplined. They're going to have hard work. Like they're going to have instillments in them, you know, and like right, you right. see it. And, and speaking on top of that, not just yourself, I was reading here at Rutgers with you. It's you, Austin, Dean, Gavin Rupp, and Joshua Youngblood, all four Berkeley kids that played under Sal at Rutgers. Yeah. Like Berkeley connection for sure. Uh, Coach Yana yeah. was also, he, he coached us there for a year. He was helping yeah. us out. Um, uh, when he had gotten fired at the Bucks, he, uh, you know, the Shiano boys went to uh, Berkeley, so. Shout out uh, Matt and John, by the way. Yeah, shout out Matt and John, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, he helped out with the program, and he taught me a lot, too. Like, so, that was the first That was the first time I, I think I really, like, upped my game, for real, because he took me to that next level to be, uh, like, a D1 prospect, for real, for real. So, um, that was a lot of help. Yeah, it's awesome. So, when you, so, you first went to Minnesota. Let's talk about that first. What was it about – Minnesota at the time because I mean dude like you had offers from all over the country every conference like Mm -hmm. what what was it about Minnesota at the time when you were 17 18 years old that that drew your attention there 
I just felt like they were building something. They were building something really special. And they were like, they were so unique to every other program that I was like getting attention from, you know what I'm saying? And uh, like I was, a, I committed when I was a junior uh, and I kept that commitment. Um, but it was just like, for me, I just felt like I wanted to go to a school that felt like they, they needed me to be a part of the program. I needed to be there, you know what I'm saying? So when I was talking to them and the, the way that they were talking to me, I just felt like I had a connection with that program. And uh, yeah, so that's why I ended up choosing Minnesota. Yeah, uh, at the time that was, you went PJ Flex second year, correct? Yeah, it was his yeah second year. Yeah, dude, he was. That was his. Uh, it was his first class that he signed. I was just part of his first class. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, dude. Because like he, I like how you said the word uniqueness. That mm-hmm. was exactly. I would say they were at, at that time. I don't know about now, but at that time, definitely the most unique Big Ten team because he brought in that fire, that young yeah. passionate guy. And you look at a lot of. The, I'm not saying that the other Big Ten guys don't have that, but most of the Big Ten coaches, in specifically, are like really old. Like yeah, all, tradi- all traditional coaching. Yeah, like exactly. All, a lot of the yeah, big like things are all about historic history and stuff like that. So, when yeah, I, I feel see like you got to be a special individual to play at the Big Ten. Sorry to cut you off, mine, but like no, you know, they're running like running gun, hard nosed football, mm-hmm. and I think that's what sets them apart from any other conference. You know, I think it's SEC then Big Ten right beneath it. You can oh, make yeah. it, but, oh, but yeah. I think you know those Michigan State like Michigan games are just you know. Crazy, so right. so that'd be cool to play for the Golden Gophers. I, you gotta say that. Yeah. yeah it so, was, it was. so is there any like? I mean, obviously, I like you don't want to bash Minnesota, but like you just found yourself going better with Coach Sean at Rutgers. That was a better path for you, you think? Yeah, I mean, I just found myself like uh, towards like my two years in. I was just like, like this is not what I thought it would be. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought I had to do what's best for me. It's not like I don't have love for those guys on the team. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, this is my journey, my my career. So I had to make a decision on my career and what would be best for me. You know what I'm saying? So I ended up entering the transfer portal in the craziest time. It was COVID and it was the old uh, transfer portal rules. Oh. So I couldn't even like, it wasn't even like you get a one-time freebie. So it was like- You were locked uh, in stone to where you were going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had Pretty to much. sit out a year? You had to, what do they call it, gray shirt? No, it was uh, COVID. So you got, you yeah. got blessed, right? Yeah, it was COVID, so I ended up, oh, I ended up transferring to Rutgers, still not knowing if I was going to be able to play that season. But then, like, I guess since it was COVID was getting worse and worse, so, and then they just were just like, okay, everybody that transfers somewhere, you can uh, play pretty much. So they blessed me, for sure. So and now it's like that permanently, right? The transfer portal, it's like you can just you go straight to a school, right? Yeah, you can go anywhere. Like, the original rules is like, uh, I mean, when, before when I hopped in the transfer portal, it was like you couldn't go to another – FBS school, like you have to go FCS yeah. if you wanted to play as soon as you uh, go to the school. But you could have gone FBS and waited a year. That was the rule, right? Yeah, and I wasn't trying to do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, I was trying wow, to play. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy with guys getting paid. Could I ask a quick question? What do you think about the new deals? And has anyone reached out to you? Like I know, like uh, Barstool reached out to a bunch of people. What are the yeah. What are the guidelines surrounding that? What What have you heard and what have you seen? I mean, uh, it's really – I've seen I'm seeing some pretty crazy deals. Obviously, you've seen, like, the people getting crazy, crazy amounts of money. But uh, for the majority of, like, college football players, it's not really like that. You know what I'm saying? There'll be, like, a couple of deals here and there. Uh, nothing too crazy, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, just, like, take a picture with some clothes, maybe get, like, the free uh, merchandise or something like yeah. that. Or, like, uh, post something on Instagram, get a couple bucks here and there. Um, but – 
I think it's definitely helping out the players, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely helping out building their brands for real because, like, they get to put themselves out there and see what they can do in that type of atmosphere when they do go to the NFL and get real endorsement deals, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's good, like, for preparation, I think. What do you – what do you – so they – all right, just to make clarify, – clarify, it's name, image, likeness. So you can't – you couldn't do, like, a photo shoot in, Minis- in a Rutgers gear, right? Yeah, I think it's like the logo has to be blocked yeah, out. Yeah, like it can't be school affiliate. It has to be just like mine, a haunt, a haunt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, capitalizing on what on what Meech said, uh, what are your thoughts on the NIL deal? So, real quick before um before you answer that, we had on Elijah Higgins from Stanford, wide receiver, a Pac-12, uh, all Pac-12, like very very good wide receiver, and he right. was talking to us. And during COVID, he was saying that uh, there was the Pac-12, this thing where like two players from each team would meet in a Zoom call and they made a, a list of demands. I don't remember what exactly what it was called. It was like athletes for us or something like that. If, if you look it mm-hmm. up, you'll find it. And I they made I heard a, something about that, yeah. Yeah, they made a list of demands for the NCAA that they were like, we're not going to play after COVID unless these, these are met. Like these are like the things we want. And mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you the in-depth <laughs> to what they were, but it was like, I think it was like half credits during season, like like something like that. Like, like little things that they were like, we're going we're gonna to be in the middle at. And it got so big that like Trevor Lawrence and uh, and Najee Harris and all those guys were signing off on it. It got sent to the NCAA, and then two months later they 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 uh, sent out the NIL. And he's yeah. like, what upsetted him was that NCAA tried to make the NIL like, oh, it's this amazing thing, like look what we're doing. But in reality, it was just like them trying to curve and tiptoe around the actual sheet that was sent. You know, so yeah. they kind of, they perceived as the good guys. In reality, they're just ignoring the problem that the players had in the first place. Yeah, definitely. I, I can definitely speak on that. Like, the 2020 season was just crazy, but I feel like the NCAA is, like, they're definitely just uh, give and take, you know what I'm saying? So they try to act – I feel like they're going to try to act like going off what he said is just, like, they're going to try to give and take and tiptoe around. Like, so if they have a problem with something, they just want to please people. So they're going to give them this little nugget, and then they'll, like, be quiet and just enjoy that for a little bit mm-hmm. until another problem comes up, until they have to, like, uh, plug a hole in the boat and uh, sinking boat and just like fix that temporary fix you know what i'm saying because there's still uh, there's still many things that need to be fixed you know what i'm saying oh, but, sure. do you remember when uh i forget it was some women's championship maybe like a track championship or tennis i can't remember and it had like no weights for the girls and a whole oh the women's basketball uh, tournament yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah, women's basketball? Was, yeah, yeah that was crazy, crazy right yeah that's crazy that was crazy yeah, I'm, I, I'm just happy that that got exposed like Oh, those sure. are those are top tier athletes right there too, and they're not getting treated the same the same as like uh, male athletes were getting treated. But like those were like literally just one rack of dumbbells. That's what I've seen. It was like yeah. baby, it was like baby weights too. Like you can't yeah. get like top tier training with that work. You know what I'm saying? And they weren't like any D one girls. They were the Division one girls that made March Madness. Like they right, were the exactly. best D one girls. Like they're the best. Yeah. Right, and you couldn't even give them a Planet Fitness. Like, it was half of Planet Fitness, if that. There was, like, one squat rack and a couple dumbbells. Like, come give them, like, a three-day pass to, like, a U-Fit <laughs> or something. With all that money they make and they give you that, like, that's a joke. Those guys are getting rich. The fact that you can't even use your jersey and that your, the school's name is ridiculous. I, yeah. I think it should be, you know, take what you get, free market. Like, we're not living in communist China. You hear what? Let these college athletes, if you could take a $60,000 loan to go play at Rutgers, and some people don't even get scholarships, how could you not make money? You know, it doesn't make sense. But you know, Yeah, and, like, I feel like, obviously, like, we're all in agreement. Like, NCAA has always been corrupt. It's not like it's something that just happened, and we're like, oh, look at this, all right? 
But I feel like when COVID hit was when shit really hit the fan. Like stuff yeah. really started to come out. Because the first thing was they're like, all right, we're not having a season because of the safety and health of our players. That makes sense, dude. Because when COVID first came out, like we we literally thought it was a zombie apocalypse. Like we thought it was like so much worse than it ended up being. So that made sense. And then they're saying this, it's for their health. And then two weeks later, they're like, all right, the power five teams can come, but they're going to have to be safe. Yeah. And then all these D2 and D3 guys are like, oh, so only D2 and D3 athletes can get can get COVID and D1 guys can't? It's yeah. all about money. It's all about money. It has nothing to do with – there's nothing to do with with uh, with the health or safety at all, at all. Right. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes it's it's hard. It's definitely it was definitely hard for the players, like because we can see that. You know what I'm saying? We can see that. We know that. It's not like we're just like, oh, we can get play football now. Okay, we're just walking like little puppets. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. no, like we see it. So it can be hard some days, like just knowing that you're like you're low key like getting used, like, mm-hmm. and you know that. But it's just like back to you could just do it for the love of the game. You know what I'm saying? So that's really where it comes back to. Because uh, the love of the sport of football, it doesn't really matter about NCAA. It's just for me, it's just like this is my dream. I, this is what I love to do. So uh, that's why I do it. You know what I'm saying? Even though there's all those things that you already know are going on about the NCAA, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. And I hate when like an older person, like you listen to like an older analyst, they're like, you're getting a free education to play football. Dude, shut the fuck up, bro. Like, it's yeah, how so many hours more, are you like, putting in the weight room on the field? Yeah, what? 60 hours a week at least in the and you, have, and you have to take nothing? you have to take a full-time student load too. You can't take half credits. Yeah. So they're taking the same amount of classes as you and I with one eighth of the time and asking to do better than us too, or they lose their scholarship. Yeah. Like pretty much. What? And let's not talk about the millions of dollars that are being made on top of them too that they're not touching. Yeah. Uh, I thought so, the D3 guys don't even get a scholarship, you know what I mean? Which is mm-hmm. – I couldn't personally imagine going D3. And well, that's a little different. The it's a little different because they don't get they don't get scholarships, but since there's no athletic scholarships, they can give unlimited academic. There's no cap. Right. So they right. can, can still get money. Like I got recruited D3 wrestling, and I had full rides for academic scholarships, but mm-hmm. that's just because there's no cap. Like if you look at – like I don't know about – obviously not football, but like you look at like other sports like wrestling, there's a lot, there's a lot more hammers depth wise in D3 than there's in D2 because there's no scholarship cap because mm-hmm. it's all academic. So they can just go there rather than having to split five scholarships, a 30 man roster in D2. Okay. So like in D3, would it be like, like they just pay for everything academic wise and then like for food and everything, you're just on your food, dorm, everything you're on your own or what? So when I got, I had a couple full rides. I mean, I had, I had division one, division two scholarships only. I, yeah. I wasn't like only a D3 kid. Like, I, I was starting to get burnt out and I was like, I didn't want the division one commitment, which by the way, if you're in my situation, that does not matter what level in college you are. It's going to be the same commitment. Like you were going to grind like mm-hmm. straight up, but it was like, it was like a, it was like a package. Like they pulled different packages. So it was like, say I would get 60% academic money. Cause I had good grades. I had a three eight at a IB school. So my, my grades weren't bad. So it was like, I'd get like a package. It'd be like this much percentage was, uh, was academic, then I'd have like a financial aid package. Then they would like pull these random scholarships out out of their own like scholarship book that they had for their school. And they would just like attribute to everything. And then okay. it was like, since I was an athlete, they were able to give me like, I got unlimited swipes at cafeteria or like I got free this and that. But it was like, it wasn't like all in one scholarship. Like when you get your scholarship, it's like, all right, this is what comes with everything. Mine was like, you get this with this package, you get this with this package. So it was like, mm-hmm. they find a way, if they really want you, they're going to find a way to put shit together for you. You know, right, like, okay. Yeah, you're not on scholarship, but like you're not paying money at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you look, you have to understand like your whole scholarship. Then, like, oh yeah, dude, no, it was, do. it was, 
when, when it came to understanding, I feel like I definitely had to take a lot more time looking into my shit than like someone at your caliber would have. Yeah. Like I, I would sit down, like when I was opening a package, like they'd said, cause you would talk to a coach, then they'd be like, look, we're going to send you a package. Then you'd have, I'd have to like sit down with my mom and dad, my academic advisor and my wrestling coach and look through all of it. Cause we were like, we're not trying to get finessed. Like, I don't want it to be like, it looks like we're not paying a lot and like this and that, or like, I want to make sure this is included. And, like sometimes we'd have to send the package back and be like, I, I need this in order to get this. Or like, I need this. Like one of the deals was I had a school giving me like a certain amount of money off my parents' flights for when I wrestled, they could come. And then another school that wouldn't do that. So I was like, yo, yeah. you, you would like bargain, you know, like this, yeah. doing this for me, why can't you do this? So like, it was a lot of, I mean, it sucks now because I, I kind of fucked over a lot of schools and the wrestling, but like it was, it was a big process of, of trying to see what was best for us as a whole, for sure. Yeah, for sure. How do how do grades affect that? Or they don't even give a crap. They're just like, oh, you got a one point eight, but you're a three star, and you want to come play at this little D three school. Like, we'll give you an academic scholarship. Like, how is that? Even- oh no, there's a there's a there's a each. I don't know if it's the school or if it's Division three, but there's a cap to what mm. achieves an academic scholarship. Yeah, because there's Not a like lot of anymore. athletes out there that are super talented that just didn't have the grades and they just yeah. they just got messed up or like yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, Te- University of Texas posted something and it's like our highest GPA average ever and it was like two point eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they were like they were like flexing it too. <laughs> yeah, flexing the two point eight. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> so actually, so I want to talk on that. Um, speaking on the the GPA. Uh, you guys were able to get into a bowl game because of that, correct? Yeah. You want to elaborate a little bit on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. bro. So, like, our season was literally done. Like, we finished the last game of the season against Maryland, and we were done. So, and then we just uh, – we worked out a little bit. And then, like, well, bro, I was at home. I was in Florida. You remember? <laughs> I was yeah, Florida, I, I was so. with you. Yeah, I was yeah. with you, hanging out with you. And then, um, so, like, the next day – I was, like, towards Christmas time. Like, we were – I saw, like – I was just scrolling on Twitter. Like, I didn't get any – information no. from my team or nothing i was just like i just seen like those rumors about Rutgers, and i'm like what i was so confused i was so confused but i was just like i kept reading on and then like uh later on that day i got a, we got the call from coach and like we had the opportunity to go play a bowl game due to our grades and stuff like that um because we were like we were almost there to a bowl game but fortunately we didn't make it just in the regular season so uh, it was definitely a great opportunity and a great experience going to a uh, gator bowl you know what i'm saying um, just based off grades, it was just it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah, can you can you break that down a little bit, like what the actual criteria was? So, like for people that don't know, you have to go six and six in Division One football to get a bowl bid. That just because yeah. you go six and six does not mean you will play in a bowl game. It just mm-hmm. means you are eligible to get a bid. But due to COVID this year, a lot of teams had to back out, and Rutgers was able to go in as a five and seven team due to like I don't know the full details. So I want uh, mine to explain, it, but due to being like good academics. Yeah, so it's like it's like something called like APR or something like that. It's just like the total things like the total amount of everybody's grades combined, and then like so since we were a five and seven team and almost eligible for that bowl bid, uh, just based off the regular season, and we had good grades on top of that, it put us in like the top running for that uh, next team to go into whatever bowl um, if they had an open open uh, spot for that team. You know what I'm saying? So some teams, some bowls didn't have teams yet, and so we could have got we could have got in just based off that. But then we ended up not getting picked. And then uh, Texas A&M, they backed out the bowl because they had uh, COVID. So they were like, what team should we choose? What team should we choose? And uh, since we were in the top of that running with the 5-7 and seven record with the APR, with the highest APR, then they ended up choosing us. That's awesome. Now, is that something mm-hmm. that, like, like Shiano and the staff has been pushing you guys, like, for that, that helped you? You think you guys just <clears throat> cared about your grades pretty well? I mean, I feel like, 
that's just like part of our culture. Our team is taking care of our business. So like that handles on all aspects of like being a college student and being an athlete. So you got to make sure you're taking care of your grades. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. So what, what was it? He just called you guys and was like, look, we have an opportunity. Like, did he, was he like, you guys need to be here? Or did he, did he like throw it on the table? Like, are you guys willing to do this? Like, can I get you all? Like, how was that? I think it was all unanimous. Like we all wanted to play because yeah. we were, we were so hurt when we had that, when we played the last game, it was either Maryland or us were going to a bowl game that, that day when we played them. And we, unfortunately we couldn't get it done that day. So I know all of us were just like, it was unanimous. We all wanted to come back and just play another game together with that group of guys. Yeah, dude, that was that was awesome. What was the what was that experience like with the Gator Bowl? Like, because I'm assuming you guys had shorter amount of time to even prepare for the game itself. Bro, it was crazy because all the other bowl teams that are already there, they got they have a month of preparation that they yeah. get to do. So they're already in shape and all this stuff. And we're we literally were on break. We were on break, and then we had to gather all the troops together um, and just work. We were just working, working That's for awesome. a week straight just to prepare for a game. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, it was a really crazy experience. Just like it was super hectic, but it was like a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun just to uh, like get another week of preparation with the guys and just be around this, those guys. Because like uh, that team, that team we had was uh, the same team we had for like two years since uh, like the super seniors and all that stuff. Everybody came back for the most part. Um, so it was just good just to see them and play with them one last time. Now you have one more year, correct? I got two more years of eligibility, but awesome. we'll, we'll see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, obviously. But, <laughs> but uh, what's it called? What What was like? So I know when you go. So your game was in Orlando, correct? It was in uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. I knew it was in Florida, so that makes sense. The Gator Bowl. But um, uh, what was it like? I know when you make a bowl, you guys get like uh, what's it, not like act. You guys get like rewarded. What What was like one of the cool things that you guys were able to get for that bowl game? Uh, we stayed in a really nice hotel. It was really cool. Uh, we got some like some like. Uh, Glasses, you get like speakers, uh, some cool like gifts and stuff like that. Um, it was it was pretty cool. We went to like, you get to go to like the beach and stuff. Like it's just like uh, some like events that they have throughout the week. Uh, so it was pretty cool to experience that. Yeah, dude, I bet it was a lot. It's, better. Not, oh, it's not just a game; it's like a full full on experience. I was reading something about the Boca Raton Bowl down at FAU, and they were saying how. It impacts businesses so much because all the families come down and all the guys come down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many people that are like involved in that, like other companies and stuff that are sponsoring the the whole entire bowl game. And um, so it's definitely like they all they all that's like a whole year round thing that they plan around to do. So I'm pretty sure it was definitely hard for them to like like oh my gosh, Texas and m backed out, so they had to hurry up and figure something out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just happy that we got the opportunity to go there and just enjoy that. No, yeah, dude. Uh, speaking on the bowl game, so, like, you know, that's a very – it's a cool thing, like he said. It's, it's like an event more than this game, honestly. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think about – on the other aspect of it, what do you think about expanding college football playoff? So, like, I want – for, yeah, what, what do you think about the college football playoff right now and, like, expanding it and just elaborate on that? I think it should be expanded. I think it should be. Uh, just because, like, anybody can be anybody on a, any – like, on a certain given day. It's three hours, so all you have to do is be – better than that team for three hours, you know what I'm saying? So if you have those those top-tier teams, um, I don't I don't like how it's just like the same teams every time, you know what I'm saying? So like it doesn't it doesn't get boring because it's like those are good games still, but it's just like I would love to see like those like UCF versus like when they were when they were really, really good, like uh, play with really good teams like Alabama and stuff like that. So like I just think like that'd be a great opportunity for those teams who are like we want to get a chance to play those, those top-tier teams, those blue bloods, those – uh, 
those great teams, like, and just see how we stack up against them. And if they beat them, they're a better team than them. You know what I'm saying? For so, sure. like, I think it would just be a great so you opportunity. Were, you weren't against uh, you weren't against Cincinnati make, being the four seed this year, especially as a power five guy? No, I, I, I watched them throughout the season. They look good. They look really yeah. good. They beat um, Notre Dame, and they beat them at Notre Dame. And, like, it, exactly. they only won by 11. But if you if you watch the game, they kicked their ass. Yeah, it was never different. close. Yeah. It was never close. Never, yeah. bro. It was, it was like that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, you see teams like that, and it's like people still question them. Like mm-hmm. that, like even though they didn't, they didn't do what they wanted to do in the playoff. But it was like, bro, they were still like a really good team, and they deserve to be there. Yeah, they lost what thirty to eight, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Michigan lost fifty two to seven. And no one talks about that. There was like, oh look, Cincinnati couldn't even hold their own. They did a lot better against Alabama than Michigan did, right. even semi close to to Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so like that, sure. I hate when that that argument's brought up. Mm-hmm. But what's called how, much, how many teams? Uh, how many teams do they think they're gonna like extend it to? Uh, I'm I, the, what I've been reading is eight, and there's also mm-hmm. an argument for twelve. I I'm a huge believer of eight. I think twelve is too yeah. much. Twelve is definitely too much. Yeah. Eight would be a def, uh, would it be a good. Uh, and like and they try to talk about the FCS, but like F, F, FCS teams are a lot closer comparison than than fbs teams because there's no mm-hmm. difference of power five and group of five they're all they're all fcs and the majority yeah. of those guys aren't even started athletes you know mm-hmm. versus like texas a&m getting the number one class of all time versus like a cincinnati class it's not gonna be the same it's not gonna correlate that level of players aren't gonna be the same and you can get like a three loss 12 a 12 seed you know i don't think mm-hmm. if you have three losses you should get in yeah. but i think if you have two losses and one's a championship game or like they're, they're both early you should be able to overcome that yeah, like the no, biggest thing with like sports and like and like high high level sports like football is overcoming adversity. Like you always hear it, they always preach it. They're like, you want to overcome adversity, overcome adversity. But if we if we don't let a two loss team in, that they can't overcome the adversity. You know what yeah. I mean? And like mm-hmm. you can have a you can have a game where like your starting quarterback goes out and you end up losing that game. Oh well, that one game just screwed us for the whole season. Right. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. think eight's good. I think you do the five power five champs and then three three grab ons. Yeah. I think that, I think it I works. Like I think it's perfect. The only counter argument for it that I keep hearing is it's going to put less importance on bowlers. <clears throat> That's why yeah. I wanted to ask you what you thought about expanding it, and if you think that'd do the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's a that's feel like that's a whole different thing. Like the playoff is just like that's for the chip. That's for that's for everything. Yeah. And then the bowl game, like we said, it was just like that's a that's a great experience. That's just a great experience, and it is a you can win a championship there too. But it's just like a different type of level. You know what I'm saying? You can still be a champion in a bowl game, but like there's a whole different level to that, like to to winning a national championship. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel like what do you what do you think like if like uh, let's say we do the 18 playoff and then like that team loses, they're not gonna go to a bowl game; they're just done. Yeah, I think also, dude. I don't know. It's so it's so hard for me because I'm not in your shoes, so I don't see it from what you see, and I'm not putting the work you put in. But I think you honestly you do eight. And what's going to happen, like, inevitable, it's not even an argument, that you're going to see more people opt out of bowl games. Like, if they don't make the playoffs, they're not going to want to play anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Kurt Herbstreit made, a, uh, he made a, an example. He was like, back in, the, back in his day, if you won a Rose Bowl, that was, like, a huge accomplishment. Like, you were, mm-hmm. if you were a Rose Bowl winning quarterback, like, that was a very, like, prestigious, like, like awesome achievement. Now no one gives a shit, right. you know? So you're going to see more people opting out, which I agree will, will happen 100%. I think, though, what you should do and, and, and in order to make bowls more important, since obviously you're going to get less views on bowls if you expand the college football playoff, you – and like I said, mine, this is coming from me who's never played football. 
Yeah. I say you've increased bowls to seven and five instead of six and six. So it's a little more of you had to play a little bit better to get there. And it means a little more because that puts a little more importance in the bowl games, which will, I think help. But like I said, I don't, I'm not seeing it from your perspective. I'm not playing in these games. I'm not doing, seeing how the money's moved, all, all of that. Like you are, I'm just saying from my outsider perspective, I think that yeah. is the only way to make it as important. Yeah. yeah I, I can see that. Right. I can see that. I can see I that. Especially right. if you're going to do the A team, the A team expansion. I honestly think they should just go back to one and two because look at what happened this year. I mean, these are what the critics will say about the playoff, like Cincinnati, Alabama. Like, how does that match up? I know. I, I mean, there's an argue, nothing against Cincinnati. I thought they had a great year, but I, I don't know. You kind of want to see one and two always play, right? It's the championship. I mean, if they're going to go by those, those rankings. So I don't know. Eight teams is kind of, that's so many games for guys to play. And if you're talking about, if they get knocked out and play a bowl game, that's that's a lot of games. No, right? no, no. I'm saying they don't play a bowl game if they go in the playoffs. Like, that's their shot. Yeah. Yeah, but then who's going to play in the Rose Bowl? The guys that are, you know, 10, 11, 12. No, you, make the, Rose, you make the Rose Bowl that playoff game. You just make it that game. You don't double mm-hmm. down. Right. You don't double down. I don't like how they do that anyways, personally. I, I don't like how they do that either. It ruins, the whole, it ruins the whole atmosphere and importance of the Rose Bowl, which is – a super traditional, awesome bowl to be in. Like, that should right. keep that factor. Definitely, definitely should. Yeah, what makes the Rose Bowl better than the Fiesta Bowl, or you know what I mean, just like yeah. like that. Exactly. Well, it's, dude, just, it's just tradition. It's just yeah. Tradition. But when you double down, it doesn't matter anymore. Like if you're if you're in the role like this year, Ohio State, Utah, obviously probably the best game of the year. But regardless, uh, if if the playoff game was there too. Nobody would have even cared about that Rose Bowl. They wouldn't even counted that as a Rose Bowl win. They would have counted the playoff winner as the Rose Bowl winner. You know? So mm-hmm. I don't think you should double down. I think it should just be just that game. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. There are sure. a lot of bowls now. How many bowls were there? Remember when we rent, we went through all the bowls? There were like 60-something. It used to, And then like 50 years ago, there were only like 20. But also, if you want to get rid of uh, you know, if you want to eliminate the less prestige that the Bulls have, I think you got to get rid of some bowl games, like you said, and make it maybe seven and five. And maybe I don't know. You could, I don't. I don't know. That's that's a hard solution to fix. That maybe a consolation game, like like in between divisions. I don't know. There's a whole lot of things that you could do instead of you know making there the Idaho Potato Bowl where no one watches it, and then you have like five and seven Idaho against Nevada. I don't know kind of just ruins it for me at least as a fan but yeah all. but then I also think on the other side of things it's like like as a player like bro it's so hard to win a football game bro Hell yeah. it is, it is like what I'm saying is, I'm not seeing it from your yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just saying as a fan's perspective yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. it's just like everything like like anything can happen in a given three hours you know what I'm saying like so I just know I know what it like it takes to like win a football game and how hard it is to even reach like 10 wins like 10 wins is crazy 10 wins is crazy like when I was at Minnesota we went 11 and 2 like that was that was like crazy to even like see like how much work had to be put in and how much uh everyday like detail that you had to have in order to just be prepared to have a chance for that game that you play on Saturday yeah you know what I'm saying see that's what I'm saying like it's such a complicated topic dude it's so complex because like like, yeah, I understand your point of view. It's an awesome reward to go six and six. It's really, really hard to go six and six in Division I football. Like, you're a good program if you go six and six. Especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, like, we're talking about – like, dude, and, like, I know you said one and two, Meech. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Like, 
like you can be better like at the end of the season. That's why I love wrestling. It's like they always say you want to peak before postseason. Like you can lose every single you can literally lose every single match you wrestled an entire season, go into conferences and then just go undefeated for conferences in NCA and be an NCA champ. So screw it, let's make it like March Madness and have the top five from each top five. Can't do that, bro. Just get after it, bro. Play five more games. <laughs> a two-year year. season, bro. You can't let's let's get after it. I'm down. That'd be awesome. Bro. Bro, the amount of injuries that would happen. Injuries, like this is too bro. physical. You That'd can't be crazy though. Tell me that wouldn't be the sickest It'd sporting event of all time. It'd be insane. That'd be crazy. It'd be insane for sure. But going on the opting out, what what are your what are your thoughts and opinions, especially as it becoming a more uh, regular mm-hmm. issue, Mayan? I feel like it's just like it's just depends on everybody's situation, you know, like. I don't see, like, for myself and my journey, I don't I see myself opting out of a game, like, unless it was, like, I feel like it's only, like, the projected, like, first-round picks that right. can, like, have the the platform to do that. And that's just, like, based on what they feel like is best for them. It's just different for everybody, you know? Um, like, during COVID and stuff like that, I can see why people opt out because there's so much – there was so much uncertainty in that season. And, like, you get COVID, you're out. You're done. You're, like, you're pretty much done for, like – I don't know, it was I don't know how many games it was. It might have been four. The big, in the Big games. Ten, it was three weeks. Yeah, yeah. You're that's mm. like, and if you're an NFL prospect, like that's that's three huge games that you're gonna miss. Well, dude, in, in the COVID season, it was six. That's half a season. You yeah. were losing. Yeah, half you're better season. off not even playing. Sometimes. Yeah. You know they have that old tape on you when, let's say you have a bad first four games, you get COVID. You're and done. Your season's over. You're done, yeah, especially you're, if you had COVID in your literally recovering from your lungs and they're like yeah, your lungs yeah. are messed up and you have to be out there playing at a top tier level. Yeah. Like that, that's going to hurt your draft stock instead of helping you. So. Right. Yeah. But I feel like that problem about opting out, that's literally like the 1% of college football. You know what I mean? That yeah. you face that dilemma. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I don't, I don't, see, see, like, I remember, I don't see it for myself, but for those yeah, top yeah. tier guys that are like the first projected first couple of picks, you know what I'm saying? I could see it like, um, What's the what's the old Miss quarterback that got uh, hurt? Okay, okay, but listen, 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 listen. I agree that you should have the right to opt out. You are your own person, and in today's yeah. world, you are your own business. You know, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand that. I thought it was like I thought you were a pussy if you opted out until I became a MMA fighter, and I realized like you are your own brand. Yeah. But Matt Corral, I hate when people bring him up. He had an ankle sprain and got carted off. And that's the second <laughs> time this season he's gotten an ankle sprain and got carted off. Come oh, on, bro. Like, bro, if I'm going first round, I'm not playing in the Idaho Potato Bowl, bro. He was in a he was in a, a New Year's Six Bowl. He was, he was. Against Baylor. It was eight versus nine. It was a huge game. So you're you're saying he should have played? I'm I'm not saying he should have played, but I'm not but you can't be like, oh well look he injured. No, dude, he sprained his ankle. That shit happens. Mm-hmm. Welcome to football. You're a mobile quarterback. You're gonna sprain your ankle. You got carted off. Sprain like, your ankle and you have a bad game and throw four picks. Beach, I mean, I'm not saying he should have played. I'm saying he milked uh, it to look worse. Mm, okay, he was rolling okay. around, grabbing his ankle. He had paramedics put him on a freaking stretcher and cart him off. I didn't even know ankle. what his injury was when I seen it. I was just like, dang. They're like, oh, my God, he tore his ACL. His ACL yeah, tore. Like, no, bro, he's fine. Like, yeah. That's what I can't off for a week, dude. Like, yeah, I probably hurt, but your your stock's not going nowhere. Yeah, that's true. Like, that was like when Sugar Sean got kicked in the calf by Cheeto Vera and, like, screamed. He tore his calf. They did an MRI, and it was just tissue bruising. Like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dude. Matt Corral is the worst example there. Such a bad example. Now, now, but, but the wide receiver from Alabama – that's a real example. Yeah, no, for, for sure. That was I sick. Remember Leonard Fournette did it. He was like the pioneer of that. I remember. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, actually, I think you're right. I think he was the first like, huge, huge person to do it, and then people started doing it. They're like, what, Leonard Fournette's opting out? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know, freaking out. This is against the tradition of college football. Like, shut up, bro. He's yeah, to- but he was their whole fucking team. That's the difference. He was a freaking <laughs> He was beast. the whole team. That was a dip. Like, that was why I, did. I didn't even watch the Michigan State-Penn State game because or Pittsburgh game because Michigan's whole team was Kenneth Walker and Pitt's whole team was was uh, Kenny Pickett, and they both didn't play. Yeah. So, like, it was the most pointless game ever. Like, it didn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Like, the times like that, I'm like, come on, bro. But, like, I do understand, you know, opting out. I mean, but there's a part of me that's like, dude, like, what, what, the percentage of you actually getting hurt's got to be low. Yeah, it's got to exactly. be low. Like you already played. You already played. Yeah, you already played a whole season. You your body's in great physical shape right yeah. now. You're at the end of the season. Like you're peaking. Like athleticism wise, your body's taking the hits. Like I just, I don't know. Like and like I said, I am not bashing anybody that did this. I understand you are your own. Like I respect all decisions. But from a personal standpoint, as someone that's not a Division One football player. I just think I couldn't look my teammates in the eyes and tell them I couldn't do the last game with them. Oh, I could. I could. I'm opting out, bro. $25 million. Sorry, guys. It was great. Give me my money. You got $25 million knees, bro. You got to protect them things. Would you drive your Ferrari in the swamp? No. Yeah, dude. But, like, you're also talking about a lot of guys that put the sacrifice into you and, like, like yeah. let's be real. Like, you would not be in your position right now if it wasn't for those guys around you. So I'm buying them all Rolexes when I get taken. You know what I mean? When they, when they got ice on their wrist, they'll understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I'll sit down. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude. But, uh, Maya, another thing. So we always hear about, you know, the transition from, from like, middle school to high school football, high school to college, college to the NFL, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. What would you say personally for yourself – did you find was like the, the hardest thing to transition or something that you didn't like realize? Like what was one of the biggest things from that's a lot different in your perspective of your four seasons from high school to college, like transitioning wise? Playing at, playing at D-line, bro. It's just every, is a size, size, strength. Like I'm coming in as a, like you can't, there's not a lot of guys that are going to be playing young, young in college on, on the D-line. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just because they're that, especially in the big 10, we're going against oh, the yeah. and that's, Oh three, my god! Six, oh six, yeah, seven, three fifty, and you're gonna be putting a freaking D tackle that's eighteen years old and like two sixty five. You can't even <laughs> like he's not even strong enough yet. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it, I definitely think it's different, like playing in the trenches where I play instead of playing on the outside. Like if you're a receiver or something like that, where there's less contact and like the speed is already there. If you're a receiver and a young a young dude who can like move and shift around, you know what I'm saying? So it's different when you're like in the trenches going against like grown men who are like 23, 22, who are already like experienced, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like uh, I think that was the first. biggest, that was definitely the biggest jump for me. And I had to get developed and just train, train so hard, bro. I had to train so hard just to get my, my weight up and my stature up just to be able to like handle big guys like the, like the O-line when I faced in the big 10. Are you on a recommended food schedule? Like what's your, cause I remember those football players used to come in there and just eat half the cafeteria. <laughs> What, yeah. What's your – how many calories do you think you eat a day? Well, probably like, I don't know, probably like 4,003. Damn. 3,500 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, especially like – Especially in the off-season now since we're like – we're just training hard. We're trying to get bigger, stronger, faster, you know, for this upcoming season. Was that something you had to get used to when you first came to, to college football? Was like just – I heard like stories of people just – shoving food to the point you don't even want to you're not even hungry anymore you still know you have to eat, keep eating yeah yeah definitely i think it's just some somebody everybody's body is different so like some guys will just 
eat and their metabolism is so fast, like they just burn it. So that's why they have to keep on eating and keep on eating. But uh, for me, I, I was like, I could just eat. Like when they told me I got to Minnesota and they're like, everybody was getting like their goal weights and stuff. Uh, they were like, um, they saw my weight. I was like 250 or something like that when I came in and they were just like, yeah, just eat whatever you want. And I was like, this is my first time, like getting all the food I ever wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of having like, uh, like random meals, like from my parents or something like that, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you see all this food and you're like, Oh, okay. I'll just go crazy then. And then yeah. uh, from there, I just was gaining weight from then. And, uh, I think that's a that's definitely a transition for sure because you're going from like not having really regimented schedule of eating and how to treat your body and how to hydrate your body and everything like that to like now you're having to learn of like how your body works. You already know this probably oh, like yeah. how your body works, how to fuel your body correctly so that way you can uh, be at your peak level when you're uh, getting active. Yeah, dude, that was a big transition for myself as well when I went from from high school wrestling to MMA. It was like when I was in a when I was in high school wrestling, it was just make the weight however you had to do it. It didn't yeah. matter if you're doing it properly to just make your weight. Now that I'm older, I can't do that to my body because I'll die. Like it'll, yeah. it'll, my body will shut down. I'm not, I don't have my reproductive system of a fucking 15 year old anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. So now it's like, we're going to make the weight, but we're going to feel great when we make the weight, yeah. you know? So that was a big thing with my, my trainer. Thank God I've had him since I was a sophomore in high school. So he already knew how my body worked and everything. But like, it was a lot more attention to detail for sure. You know, a lot more like, all right, instead of eating, that which might taste better and make you happier we're going to eat this because it's going to make you feel better when you drop 20 pounds right. you know, it, was, it was stuff like that like dude look your body's a machine dude and i i really didn't understand like that putting in and, and the take out aspect of it until i until really honestly these past last two years mm -hmm. you know and like how important recovery is dude i'm i didn't do any recovery in high school i would stretch yeah. before practice and that was it and i work out but now I, I i do recovery as often as i work out and as much I recover my body as often as I try to upgrade my body. I would say right. without, without a I had this coach. Sorry to cut you off. I had this coach who used to tell me that stretching is useless. Really? It doesn't help prevent injuries at all. I don't know if he was right, but that's just what I heard. I'm probably wrong. I, I was like, bro, what are you talking about? Like every yeah. team I ever played on, we stretched. So it's no, like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, no I know, way. right? There's no way, right? That sounds yeah, crazy. Just, Dude, no, yeah. there's people that argue that. Like, they'll be yeah. like, oh, well, stretching is not as good as a warm-up. Like, all right, mm -hmm. there are, like, certain – like, if you do certain workouts, stretching is not going to benefit you as much. Like, if you go to squat and you stretch before, it's going to help you feel better and probably get a little bit more depth. It's not going to add your weight on the bar, though. But yeah. stretching, not preventing injury is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been sore and stressed? You feel better. Like, it's just yeah. that simple. You're just supposed to not just stretch at all. You just want yeah, to let that pain what? just sit there. Like you can do something about it. That's what I feel like people actually think that. And then like, they're just like, dang, my back hurts so bad. It's yeah. so tight. And then it's like, okay, there's stretches you can do. There's uh, like warmups you can do to loosen up your back. You know what I'm saying? Or like my hamstrings tight. We can do stuff for that. You just have to uh, be consistent with it and work on it. You know what I'm saying? Get that uh, ready. Yeah. And it helps. I know. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think if you start stretching out your hamstrings and your legs, you can run faster than if you were to just walk on the field. And, you know, you, I don't know, at least for me. Mm -hmm. no, definitely. Stuff, and that's when people get hurt. So I don't know what – I'm just spewing what this – he was like certified medical personal trainer too. And what? what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, but now we live, Still in stretch. we live in this generation now, especially, especially in the world of trainers. Where it's like, well, my method's better than this. My method's better. Look at this crazy shit. You see a guy doing like 
holding up a hundred pounds while running on a treadmill. Like, bro, that's none of that is bettering you. You're just trying to find a different way. Like my trainer, like the one thing I, I respect and love, shout out Shane O'Connor, Max Performance in Tampa, Florida. One thing I love it, about him so much is he'll, if, if there's another method I show him, like if I'm on TikTok or someone sends me a video and I look at it and he likes it and I send it to him and I, and I like it and I send it to him, he'll be like, yeah, dude, I've never done that because like, I like, I don't dislike it. I prefer to do this, but you're still going to get optimal use of this. There's yeah. other trainers where I've showed them my trainer's regimen and stuff. And they go, no, he's doing this wrong. He's doing that wrong. Like they just can't, like they can't acknowledge that other people's stuff works. It's like, you have yeah. to, you know, and that's mm-hmm. a generation I feel like in that's like, so like all because of social media, bro. Like it's so, definitely. it's definitely. Yeah. I love those guys on social media that are like, do you want to eat cheeseburgers and lose 25 <laughs> yeah. program for you? I don't know a single person with a six pack that eats cheeseburgers all day. I'm sorry. Besides Ocho Cinco. Yeah. Besides Ocho Cinco. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's just a freak. There's Ocho that point. science, baby. Yo, he literally eats McDonald's every single yeah. day. I follow him on Twitter. He's like, bro, you play FIFA and eat a McBiscuit? Like, he just plays. Right? He's chill. I'd be down for that. I just don't think I don't think he should be advocating that though. Hell <laughs> no, no, he's just a freak. It's terrible. Like that's uh, like it's it's a it's a good joke and everything, but like for like, it's kind of crazy to like see him actually like advocate that and push people into that when like, bro, there's literally scientific data oh, showing yeah. that it doesn't work. Like that's not like like he's just a different breed for that. He's just really. Yeah, I don't think anyone takes him seriously. I hope not. I hope I, not. I love Ocho though, dude. I love. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Hilarious. No, yeah, dude, but, like, the, the body input is is crazy, dude. Like, I, I'll i take out – like, I've, I've started dieting again right now because I'm, I'm trying to get, like, a fight worked out, and I've taken out, like, heavy carbs, taken mm-hmm. out uh, all preservatives, and I've taken out most sugars. The only I try to get, like, all natural sugars, like, through, through fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, won't, I won't eat fruit before bed. I try to, like – I'm doing, like, little things right now. Dude, my inflammation is so much better. Yeah, like, that's like, awesome. Like, like, my recovery time's insane. My sleep's better, like, everything. And, like – it's the tiny, tiny things you didn't know about earlier. Like you, used to, I used to think I could just eat a big bowl of pasta with a piece of chicken. I was like, yeah, but I'm gonna be inflamed for two extra hours because I'm digesting that pasta. Right. Like it's gonna slow me down. Mm-hmm. But if I eat a chicken salad and I throw an avocado on it and get some fats, I'm gonna feel way better in ten, in 10 right. minutes. Yeah, I, I think it's when also I had my bro. jaw wired shut. I had to only drink like fruit shakes and stuff like that, dude. And it was so clean, like coming out, like you didn't even have to wipe. I swear to God. But- <laughs> <laughs> dude and you felt amazing i was like dude i feel like i can run a marathon but that's a hard regimen to stick to being uh being vegan i don't think i could do it and i don't think it's that great for you long term i think i think especially if you're uh you know doing activities like football or wrestling you have to have that protein somewhere maybe not red meat all the time but that fish or chicken is important so yeah, I, I actually like like red meat i have i try when i'm in fight camp i try to have steak every monday night for dinner mm-hmm. Because Monday is usually my first day back, and it says Sunday's a big recovery day, and I like that extra. I like that extra meat. If I go like and try to like my girlfriend's a vegetarian, like if I try to do that, drained, bro, and I feel very weak. Like I don't feel like it even might even be placebo. Like I don't care, but psychological is just as important in my opinion. But like yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I need meat. Like mm-hmm. I, you see a lot of uh, pescatarian fighters though, but fish is still meat. Like that's still. You're still getting, you need more of it, but it's still good. You're getting good vitamins. You're getting good protein. Yeah. Humans have been eating meat since the beginning of time. I don't care what anyone says. It's it's fine to eat meat, you know? 
Yeah, and all those vegans are like super skinny and lethargic, and they're like, I feel yeah. great. No, I can't. Like, I'll, I'll just go like blow on you, and you're gonna, yeah, literally, yeah, totally. literally. But yeah, speaking on that, is there anything that you started doing, Mayan, with like recovery or like proper eating or anything that you feel like mm-hmm. definitely helped your game or even helped you feel better and, and give you more longevity? Yeah, something that I realized, bro, is like the most important thing that I think is sleep. Sleep mm-hmm. is literally the most important thing that we can do to recover because, like, bro, when I was a freshman and I first got to college, bro, I was still in my high school sleeping schedule. You know how it is. I'm staying up, like, yeah. I'm watching movies till, like, 1.30 in the morning, <laughs> then, like, waking up at, like, waking up at, like, 6 to get a lift in, bro. It's crazy. Like, and I just found myself, like, getting into that cycle of things, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm burnt. I am burnt out. And then, like, as I got older and more, like, uh, experienced through all this stuff, I, like, if you sleep and you recover, you're going to be waking up feeling like, like so good. I don't even like, it's, you're still going to be sore obviously, but like that inflammation and everything that you do is like, that's going to be reduced so much if you get the right proper sleep, you know what I'm saying? And uh, what else do I do? I probably do like uh, the Normatec boots, like all that stuff. Uh, I got yeah, like, like the big like, top things that you like going. Yeah. Like uh, no, I've never done that. I've never done that. It was like, it's like some boots where you just like, uh, get like it just runs like really tight air compression in your legs and just like flushes out all oh, the, like the uh, lactic acid yeah yeah oh okay okay i do that and then i have like the just the theragun stuff like the little gun I was gonna say, that's just sick. yeah yeah it feels good for sure Dude, there's things i started doing like for recovery that uh like what i started dude things i do now that if i did in high school i feel like I'd, it would help my game like i never until i got to co- like in college i never rolled yeah. my back out I never used oh. a roller one time in high school. Not one single yeah. time I ever used a roller. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, isn't that insane? I, didn't yeah, even I always did. Dude, I got screwed up. I did, a, I did a deadlift, and I pulled, like, something in my back. So I had no clue what I was doing. I was, like, 15. And they were having a liftoff, you know? So I'm going up there. I'm, like, weighing 155 pounds, and these 300-pound linemen are doing deadlifts. I go mm. pull it up. I get it up. And my back was never the same. Never the same. Yeah, so I'll yeah. never do another deadlift again. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's people that argue you shouldn't do deadlifts. Oh yeah, no, that, there's like a lot of science that like I know in NFL and NFL like workouts they don't do deadlifts at all. Yeah, they train differently over there at that point. Yeah, because you already have the you already have the base strength that you already need. Yeah. That's what you've been doing all all through college, all through high school. Like you've been building that whole entire time. I feel like it's a different game now. Like people are just training to become better athletes all around rather than just like. Uh, strong in, guys in baseball, in baseball they don't even do bench presses like most coaches if they know what they're talking about they won't let you do bench presses you do free weights because you know you're throwing the ball all the time and you can mess up your shoulders doing bench presses i don't think it's as bad as deadlifts personally but uh yeah no, well if you think about it if you're a pitcher and you're doing you're doing barbell bench press you are destroying your rotator cuff right if your chest might be getting stronger but your rotator cuff is getting weaker and if you're a pitcher, who gives a shit how much you bench? It should all be about your rotator cuff. Right. You know, and that's where – that's another thing that we're starting to see that uh, wasn't a thing a couple – like probably 10, 15 years ago is, is situational lifting, like like how you work out. Like me and mine should not be on the same workout plan. Like we, are, yeah. we do different sports with different body types. Like he shouldn't be deadlifting. He's never going to need to, to pick up weight like that. Deadlifting is one of the most crucial workouts that I have. Because I'm literally picking up people. Like, that is a very important thing. You know, like, in yeah. baseball players, like, I, I don't bench that much when I'm in fight camp. I bench one day a week. That's it. Mm. One time a week I bench. But I lift legs three times because my legs are everything in my fight. I'm never doing this. 
Mayan is doing this all the time. He needs to be benched. You know, Definitely. players are never doing this. They need to be working their shoulders and, and stuff like that. And, and another thing that as, as I've gotten older, I've realized too, you don't always need weight to be a better, to perform better. Like I know a lot of wrestlers that I'm friends with that are very division one, like all Americans, they only do calisthenics and they're strong as shit. You know, like there's yeah. other ways to build muscle than just mm-hmm. being these guys on, on like these big dudes on YouTube that are just throwing up weight for no reason, you know, like uh, optimal lifting and like a, a reason for what you're doing is so important today. I, yeah, I remember yeah, to be baseball able to players play. that could throw 95 miles an hour. I, if you lived with the football team, I was one of the weakest. I lived with the baseball team. I was the strongest. Mm-hmm. These guys are still throwing 95 miles an hour and benching 150 pounds. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah. explain that science to me, you know, how, how someone, mm-hmm. be, you know, only bench 150 pounds and throw the ball 90 miles an hour. That's that, that was crazy to me. Yeah. I just think that like you have to be able to like, in this day and age, like, there's so much more, like, we know about, like, the sports and how to, like, be better in our sports. Like, you have to be able to control your own body weight. Like, you have to be able to, like, you can be as strong as you want to be. But if you're getting pushed and you can't control your own body and you're, like, if you can't control yourself, then, like, you're done. You're not going to be, the be- like, the better man, the better athlete in the sport. Uh, so, like, if you can control and train, that's, like, right, what you're talking about. Like, training like that and training to be able to. So be strong within your own body, then you can like control another person in the game. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think mind body connection is more important than how much weight you lift. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely, think, definitely. Like, and, and that's why I like calisthenics. I do a lot of Pilates. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I know every, like there's a lot of strong people out there that don't know how to control their body. They don't know mm-hmm. how to hold their strength. They don't know. Like I can throw a punch at 10%. I can throw a punch at 50%. I can throw a punch at 70%. I know my entire body. I know my legs. I know all of it. Like I know all of that, but then you have dudes that are just strong as shit. They have no control. And if you can't, like you were just saying, if you can't control your strength, what good is your strength in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know? So I feel right. like wasted, yeah. it's wasted energy. Wasted yeah, movement. Exactly. You can't, you can't, there's no, it, like, especially in both of our sports, like you can't have wasted movements. It's going to take time off. You're going to get hit in the, yeah. you're going to get hit in your face or you're going to uh, get blocked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's and, in any sport, even in baseball, yeah. you're going for a fly ball. You take, you know, there's paths you have to take, you know, angles to get that fly ball. If you're off a step, you miss the baseball. So, yeah, yeah. movements, that's a – I feel like that's a new age topic. They're not talking about controlled movements in the 90s, you know. So, yeah, yeah definitely not. Yeah, that's why you see such better athletes out here. So, speaking on that, to, like, give you my personal – like, my personal science, my last – my second fight, I hurt my IT band in my left leg really bad. And what you don't know is you don't know your IT band connects from your hip to your knee, to your ankle, and like goes into your foot. So it's all connected. So if my hip was killing me, it'd start making my knee kill me, it would start making my, my whole leg would be killing me. So my last three weeks of fight camp, we no more, no more weights, no more weights. There's a lot of like, I would do, I would do uh, like Bulgarian squats, but instead of weights, we do a 10 second hold and then 10 reps. And I did this for three weeks. I did my fight. I took a week off. I come back. I'm squatting the exact same amount of weight. I didn't lose any strength at all. Which is why, because I could control and I was still like doing movements and doing things that were still strengthening. It just wasn't ego lifting. And I think mm-hmm. ego lifting is what's going to kill a lot of athletes in today's generation. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not an ego lift. I'm not a big dude, bro. I'm, I'm 5'8", 165 pounds, 170. I don't care if you can bench more than me. But I know how to, when it comes to fighting, I know how to grab you better. I know how to do my locks better. I know what, how to work in my field. You mm-hmm. know, and that's what I feel like ego lifting is going to kill. Because we live in this age where everyone just talks about how much they lift. Yeah. yeah. Especially going to the gym. Yeah. I'm a big ego lifter, bro. 
I, I go on the and I look to the right and there's like guy that's 300 pounds ripping it and I'm over here just benching like 180 and I'm like damn dude throw it on just to look good you know what I mean let me get a spotter but I feel like that doesn't happen as much in a, in a uh, controlled sport you know everyone knows their regimen not trying to impress anyone you know the slot receiver is not going to bench as much as the O lineman you know what I mean mm-hmm. no definitely I feel like but just like in general like like you see on like TikTok and stuff, like all those weightlifting videos, like people are like benching a whole bunch of stuff and like everybody just like, I feel like that like steals people's joy and like how they lift and how they train. Like you don't have to, you're not built like that person. You don't have to do it like that. Everybody's different. So you can just do it the way you want to do it. That makes you feel good. You know what I'm saying? You're injecting a needle in your ass, you know, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> right. And their form's not good or they're doing steroids. So it's all yeah. just a facade. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Let's completely completely 360 topic change real quick but since we're on the talk of steroids what what are y'all's opinions on barry bonds not getting into the hall of fame bullshit i don't even know man i don't know if i can speak on that topic i don't really know much about baseball like that but okay. that, all right so here's, here's what happened i don't know that that it was like uh I, it was like what 1950s 60s around there Meech, mm-hmm. maybe 70s Ooh, barry bonds yeah what was that? Nah, he played in the 90s, dude. 90s yeah so right before barry bonds played ah! there was a lockout in the mlb and the lockout was like, it was bad. Like they didn't know when they came out of the lockout, like the MLB tanked financially. Like people, there was no more, there was literally huge games with nobody in the seats. Like they couldn't, they couldn't get, they couldn't get TV revenue. They couldn't like, they were literally like, there was actual talks of the MLB selling its organization. Like it was that down bad. Right. Okay. So they were, baseball was born. People thought it was born. They didn't care. So the MLB kind of like loosened up its drug test a little and like gave like a little nudge. So then you mm-hmm. got guys like Barry Bonds and all these other dudes were starting to hit nukes. Like, okay. bombs. Mark McGuire, Barry yeah. Bonds, Sammy Sosa. Yeah, this was yeah. like the 90s, early 2000s, and these guys were just ripping bombs. Mm-hmm. When they uh, they got that guy in Miami who was giving out steroids, like Alex Rodriguez, there's a whole ring of guys. All these players are doing steroids, all the all-stars. Literally, you could go and look at these all-star teams, you'd be like, steroids, 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 from like 2000. Wow. And now that they hit them down, now uh, they actually changed the baseball a couple of years ago so it has more rubber so the ball flies off because no one was hitting home runs and no one wants to watch baseball and no one's hitting home runs. You know, you want to watch a pitch. Yeah. Yeah, just to back up real quick, just back up real quick. So then they started hitting nukes, right? Well, you know what happened is people started watching baseball again. People started mm-hmm. watching games. TV revenues are going up. So the MLB started making bread. Come down years later, Barry Bonds – by the way, Barry Bonds never in his entire life of being a professional athlete, not one time, failed a drug test. Never once. Never, ever, ever, ever failed a drug test. He mm-hmm. came out and admitted that he took steroids. He was like, I'm sorry. I, I, I did the wrong thing. Yada, yada, yada. So they're not letting him into the Hall of Fame, right? But this Whoa. is the same organization that wouldn't be around if he didn't take the steroids. Right. You know? And also on top of that, if we're talking baseball – he hit 40 home runs as a rookie before Roy's even touched his body. And he's already hitting home runs. And it doesn't matter how fucking strong you are. If you cannot read a pitch or you don't know what's coming and you swing, you're not going to make contact because you're on steroids. You know, right. that's that's the thing. And then they let in David Ortiz, who failed a drug test. So what's the example? So the example you're trying to set is, oh, we don't want kids taking steroids. Like, we're, we're good. But at the same time, it's like the guy that failed his test and lied, he can go in. But the guy that was truthful, you're going to punish him. I mean, it's uh, 
steroids, it does matter a lot in baseball. It is hard to read a pitch. It is hard to hit a pitch. But that, let's say you get 15% more strength. You hit a ball 15 feet further. That's an out. To he a- was already hitting bombs. It wasn't like he was hitting nothing. Yeah, yeah, he hit 40 home runs. And then I think it was like 65, which is insane. But you're trying to tell me he could do that without steroids? I don't know. I'm don't- not saying he shouldn't be in tr- like Like, he should not have taken steroids. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he should be in the fucking Hall of Fame because he still changed baseball regardless. Right. Yeah. Baseball and especially if they're building it off the backs, if they're building off the back of the steroid player who's hitting the bombs, who's bringing in the, 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 uh, revenue. the fans, the revenue and everything. Yeah. So, and that there's going to turn around and just turn him away like that, even though he just helped out the whole, literally the whole MLB to be going back to what it is. That's, that's pretty crazy actually. And how many players are already in the freaking MLB Hall of Fame that are, uh, that did take steroids and they didn't just wow. say anything. Or did wow. worse, bro. Or did worse. Yeah. Like, like, beat their wives and shit like that. Like, they're yeah, in the world. You know it's crazy. And then there's yeah, that one. Cool. Uh, I know you know the name, Meese. There's a baseball player that he used to bet on himself when he played. Oh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose. You know about him, Mayan? No, I never heard of that. He can't go to the yeah, hall. Yeah, he played man. for the Cincinnati Reds. And yeah. he, I think his claim to fame was he has the most stolen bases of all time. Uh-huh. He was a great player, and he used to gamble on himself, like throw the game and gamble on himself. No, he never wow. threw a game. He never threw a game. He'd only bet on himself. He never threw a game. Really? He would only bet like, but it would be like in, in crazy bets. Like he'd be like, they'd be in the World Series. He'd be like, I'm gonna uh, have the most hits and most home runs in this playoff series. Like crazy shit, and then he would, he would do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah. But like, like obviously, yeah, you shouldn't be betting. But he's not hurting the team. He's not losing them games. Like he's not changing the outcome of anything. He's trying to play harder. Yeah, that's really that's Loki like a really great belief in himself. Like yeah, he's right. his own he put his own bread on himself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they <laughs> won't vote him in the Hall of Fame. And they won't put him all for that. And he's got like the most stolen bases in MLB history. And mm-hmm. and Barry Bonds, I think, has the most home runs. Barry Bonds and then yeah. Babe Ruth. So I mean Dude, think about how many guys that are just trying to make the MLB that are on steroids. You know what I mean? And they still can't do it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. If everyone's on steroids, especially during that era, it's a level playing field. You know, basically everyone was on steroids or some type of performing hits. It's, ev- it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Like all. Even like, now I- they are, dude. They just. Oh dude, yeah. How many, even the NFL. All the guys I fight with, like I, I, I'm not gonna name any specifics, but there's a lot of dudes I've trained with through my four years. I've been, I've been like seriously fighting that are all on gear. Oh yeah, all on gear, bro. Like what? Because if unless you're in the UFC or you're like you're in a very top professional organization, they don't give a single fuck if you juice because you're just gonna kill people and that's gonna yeah. make money. Right. Is there like a way that you can tell like that they're doing that stuff without? I mean, some of them will tell you. Some of them will tell you. Like I'm close enough, guys. I'll tell you, but like. You'll also see a dude that's like, like my weight, but double my size and doesn't get tired and it's triple my strength. And I'm on like a very strict fucking regimen. Mm-hmm. You know? And they're yeah. just insane. Like, dude, like, this FAU player. I'll have a teammate, like, uh, I, I'm not going to name his name, but one of my teammates from two years ago took off like six months of fighting. Like, literally just was gone for six months. Comes mm-hmm. back, cardio is completely fine. And <laughs> The, the downside to steroids like that though like hgh human growth hormone is that your muscle fibers get very thin and so when you go you know all it is is just expanding your muscles and they thin out so you can explode 
Yeah. If you're playing, you're very prone to injury, like tearing a muscle, an ACL, uh, bicep tears, stuff like that. So, I mean, that's that that's very, very common, the side effects. So. The, heart, the heart shit what scares me the most, bro. That Every is your heart, dude. Oh, so it's it's really not worth it, in my opinion. It's really yeah. I don't, I don't think it's worth it. I mean, unless it, a lot of people need that extra boost to make it into the MLB to be that Barry Bonds. And imagine doing that and still not making it. That that's yeah. That's where it sucks. And then you have these regular Joes out here just posting Instagram pictures <laughs> of HGH and don't even know how to dribble a basketball. It's like, come on. <laughs> That's the, that just goes back to like the ego lifting and stuff like that. Exactly. They're just trying to look good. They're just trying to just trying to look good for social media and for I don't even know for looks. I guess. Yeah, dude. It, it, we live in a really weird generation when it comes to like it, like aesthetics and shit like that. You know, really w. fucking generation. But uh, let's go back to the football talks. You know, you're you're in the Big Ten, obviously some of the most historic programs. You think you can give us a time like the. One of the best atmospheres and environments you ever played in. One of the worst atmospheres and environments you ever played in. Mm, the best, the best was probably, probably when we when I was at Minnesota and we beat Penn State. That was that was a crazy experience. Yeah. Uh, tw- yeah. 2019 season. It was like we were both ranked at the time, and there was like, a, it was at, yeah, it was at home, and we beat Penn State, and like they stormed the field. It was crazy. Like I brought, like I literally remember, like we won. We literally ran to like the 50 yard line. And I were just like all screaming together as a team at first. And then I just feel like mm, a whole bunch of force on my back. I'm like, what the hell is this? I couldn't breathe, bro. I'm looking all around. It's just hella fans, bro. It was it was crazy, bro. I was like, that like you couldn't even see the grass at that point. It was gone. It was just straight people. Awesome. It was it was sick, bro. It was sick. That is sick. What about worse? There's gotta be there's gotta be one or two that weren't too good. Probably a COVID game with no one in the yeah. city. <laughs> and probably oh. like probably like uh Northwestern's uh stadium any you game know what's they fucking play. hilarious is we huh. had Dane Belton on last week and he said the exact same thing it's, it's terrible it's ter- <laughs> it's so really? boring it's so boring there the fans are like they're not juiced up they're not they're not even like at least talk some some, some type of mess to me or something like give me some <laughs> type of juice I need something but it's just like the grass is not even that good mm-hmm. like the grass is all choppy and stuff like uh, we had to like change our. We had to. Cha- I had to wear like spikes in my cleats and stuff. I remember like one movement I did on the field. It was like my leg was literally stuck in the ground, stuck in the ground, wow. and I still had to still had to play against the O lineman. I'm like, yo, like the the field is terrible, and the fans are just not as good, and the stands are just like the stadium is not like a Big Ten stadium. It's like it's small, yeah. it's, I think it's, it's like the smallest Big Ten stadium. Yeah, I think so. It just is, is Northwestern Stadium right in Chicago, like in the city. Nah, nah. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it is exactly, but when it's we travel near, over there, it's, near, it doesn't seem like, like it's, the on city, a, it's on a river or something, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, dude. But he just, said the exact fucking same thing, Ryan. Mm-hmm. He said because he he was a safety at Iowa. He yeah. was like, there was nobody. He said there was more Iowa fans than Northwestern fans there. He yeah. said they they were horrible. There's no one in the stadium. And he's like, and the stadium's small. And he's like, the field was horrible. He's like, he was getting like beat up when every time he fell. He's like, it was yes, just bro, it was bad. Like, it was really he's bad. Playing, like, all these luxurious fields in the Big Ten because obviously, like, it's so prestigious and the stadiums are so crazy. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's just a shithole. Yeah. It's because they're all super nerds out there. And <laughs> yeah, but they still have Big Ten money. You think they'd, mm-hmm. they'd have, like, what? 
I don't know why they do it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a cool stadium, though. I grew up right outside of the Yale Bowl. It's like one of the yeah, yeah, badass. Yeah. yeah, they just kind of renovated it. And before, you used to, like, walk on the steps and the concrete would just crumble, you know? Because it was, like, 150 years old. It, it sits, like, 120,000 people, yeah. but, like, 1,000 people show up to games. It's crazy. Well, I talked to my, my one friend, Anthony Nelson, who's a defensive end at, at Harvard. Mm-hmm. He's like, that game is just so much fun to play in. He's like, yeah. it doesn't matter how good those teams are. It, when Harvard, Yale play, every fucking person's there. Like, yeah, those games are sick. And I feel like that's just that's just tradition tradition at that point. Like yeah, straight tradition. It's just great, straight, yeah. straight, straight, like like I want to beat the shit out of this team. Right. But uh shit, I can't it was like either our freshman year or sophomore year. There was that huge controversy that happened in the game. Y'all remember that? What happened? Harvard Yale? Oh, okay. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something with like a like a like a political stance thing. Huh. I think I kind of know what you're talking about. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was really recent too. Oh, I got it. I got it. It was 2019. Yeah, I got it. I got it. It was climate change. That's what it was. Wait, oh. what happened? Yeah, yeah. Right. Activists right. disrupt Yale. Yeah, yeah, I remember this now, and I talked to him about it, and he said it was crazy. Uh, oh, this was at Yale too. Yeah, it was the Yale game, and over 150 Yale and Harvard students stormed the field in the middle of the game. The middle of the game. Like there's players on the field and they just like, we're like, we're doing it for, for climate change, like blah, 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 all this shit. And they're like holding signs and stuff. Yeah. Yale's well, campus. They might have ended the game work, because bro. of it, to be honest. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I can't remember exactly. Yale's campus is literally Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, bro. You just see all these nerds just walking around and like, dude, they could have broomsticks and robes on and you would think it's fucking Hogwarts. I hate how how FCS teams, or excuse me, let me rephrase that. I hate how the Ivy League teams can't play in the FCS playoffs. Yeah, that's it's so they can't. No, they're not allowed. They just have their own. They have their own like playoffs. Yeah, it's like there's not like a championship game. It's just like whoever had the most Ivy League wins gets a trophy. What? Yeah, they think they're better than everyone. There's been years where like a Yale or Harvard or like a like one of those teams are like a top ten FCS team. Like there's been seasons where they've been really fucking good. Yeah. They go in. Wow. They, they can get cool. ranked though, right? I remember Yale. Yeah, Harvard. The ranking doesn't mean anything if you can't win a championship, bro. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah sure. they're so much better than everyone, but they're they're actually not. <laughs> yeah, but it's the Ivy League in general is just nuts. Like even with with COVID, they went a whole year without sports. Like yeah, they didn't do any oh, sports. Like there was no sports. That's I mean, crazy. Even UConn. They stopped. They were one of the few schools that didn't play a season. Yeah, they have no no conference, and their team's horrible. Their coach mm-hmm. fired. They fired this coach and then hired him back, and now he retired. So UConn, no, UConn UConn's a failed program. Y'all should go to FCS. Dude, they're bad. They're bad. They just got a. They just got UCLA boy. Um, Who? Old UCLA coach. What the hell is his name? I can see his face. Oh, is it Chip? No, no, Chip's still there. It's the one before Chip. Uh, and then he was and the few, the few recruits we have, commentator, never go to UConn. That's the problem. Like I remember, I played against Clemson's backup quarterback, and he's from Connecticut and left the state. Like, how are you supposed to be good if you're homegrown recruits? Don't Jim Mora, Jim Mora. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Mora. I just think 
Me, like, what? Why would any kid that has D1 offers pick UConn over any other school? Like, they wouldn't. I guess that's where the NIL comes into play. Yeah. Wait, didn't yeah, wasn't there a nasty safety there though a couple years ago? Uh, bro, they've had a couple of good players. I remember Donald Brown. Bro, they're in like the Fiesta Bowl, like ranked top. Yeah, no, they were. They had a one season. Byron Jones. That's what I was thinking of. Byron Ooh. Jones. He yeah. had the longest jump. Played on the Cowboys, right? Yeah. yeah he, they actually produced a pretty good uh, defensive tackle. He was in the Senior Bowl. Uh, the other day, and they went one and nine. Really, someone? No, they lost to Holy Cross. Yeah, at home. At home. It's not even at home, dude. And I bet UConn's field is worse than Northwestern. What they did is Wrenchler, mm-hmm. their Patriots were supposed to move there, and it's like thirty miles away from Connecticut. No one shows up to the games. Like I'm from Connecticut, and I've never been to a UConn football game. You know, mm-hmm. so it's uh. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, they're screwed. Yeah, dude. I just think like there's just some schools that shouldn't have football programs. Like they're nasty <laughs> at basketball. Like why even? Yeah. Yo, Rutgers basketball team just had a good win last night. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Was, Were you there? No, nah, I didn't go. But I seen yeah. they twenty piece them. Okay. Didn't they just upset? They just beat Purdue on that game winner. Also. Yeah, yeah, a little bit ago, yeah. Now, is it cool, like, being an athlete, seeing, like, other sports, like, even the wrestling there is filthy? Like, is it cool, like, seeing other sports at Rutgers do well? Like, does that motivate you and, like, make you happy to be there as well? Definitely. I just feel like it's good. It's definitely just good for the whole school. Like, it just it just makes everybody feel good, you know what I'm saying? So, I just I – just, I like to look and see, like, see, like, all the programs that are doing good. That's, that's just good to have, you know what I'm saying? It's good for everybody. And it's good for, like, the fans, too. It makes them want to support more sports, you know? Yeah. And, like, I feel like – if, like, the basketball team is doing well, they're going to, like, pop out to the football game more just because they're like, okay, well, Rutgers is on the map right now, so we're just going to keep on supporting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you ever meet Gable Stevenson? Oh, yeah, yeah. How was uh, we that? Came in, we, we came in together my freshman year. Uh, so I, we were ha- we were hanging out, like, uh, throughout that summer of 2018. It was cool. He was a good dude, great dude, for sure. He's, oh. he's blowing up. He's a star now. Yeah, I know. He's, he's a superstar now. now. He's, he's a superstar now. He's about to make bank, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, you know who he is, Mitch? Nah. He is a uh, beast. Yeah, he was one of two people ever to be a two-time junior world champ in wrestling. And then he came to Minnesota as, like, the highest-rated high school recruit ever. And he's massive. He's, like, what, six? I know Minnesota's sick. He's, like, 6'1", one, like, two, 280, probably. Yeah, 285 or something. Yeah, like, mass- And not fat. Not fat yeah. at all. Like, <laughs> and he just won in the same year. He won the NCAA national title, the NCAA Hodge, which is like the Heisman, and in the I've Olymp- heard of this guy. And in the Olympic I've, title. I've heard of him. Yeah, in the Olympics too. Yeah, I've heard of him. And then he was so like so since he's so big and so athletic, and like obviously like his physical as shit being a wrestler, like there was NFL teams reaching out to him. Like mm-hmm. he was being recruited to play in the NFL. How about Jake Paul saying he wants to play safety in the NFL? Come on, we're not talking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. He's, He's like, yeah, bro, I could go play on the Cleveland Browns and lay the wood. I was like, <laughs> no, we're not That's talking it. about people, people just, They're just saying shit just so that way they could just be like. They okay. want – dude, they want what we're doing right now is what they want. They want us to talk yes, about yes, it. Yes, yes, exactly. So I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, I agree. Let's, uh, let's dive into some seriousness now, though. We have the NFL Super Bowl on Sunday. Let's, what do you what yeah. are we talking about this game? We got the Bengals and the Rams at the Rams. It's Rams. It's Rams, bro. Dude, that's what I said. You can't you can't have you can't have the most sack quarterback going against Von Miller 
AD, are you kidding me? And then have Jalen Ramsey in the back. Odell me? Beckham, Matthew it's Stafford, sick. Cooper Cup, bro. That team is yeah. the stack. And at this point, and you can't tell me Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford is going to get it done. Oh, yeah. Matthew Stafford's raw, bro. He's probably the most underrated quarterback in the last decade. Usually, like, this is this is for his legacy right here. Yeah. So, like, if you can't, you can't, he can't yeah. not win this game right here. Dude, so I saw I saw two funny tweets about the Super Bowl. The first was uh, Matthew Stafford and Eminem both being at the Super Bowl is the closest thing Detroit's ever gonna. Get. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. But the other one was uh, there is a Chiefs burner account that said the Super Bowl was rigged. That um, the NFL, it, it, and this is a fact, the NFL is losing money every year. They're, they're, mm-hmm. They are not doing well financially. Mm-hmm. And NFL is losing money with the stadium being in L.A. So they made the Super Bowl in L.A., let the Rams super stack their team, and then they paid out the Chiefs. I'm not saying any of this is true. I'm saying this is what the account said. And mm-hmm. they paid out the Chiefs to lose to the Bengals because that way it guaranteed the Rams having the Super Bowl at home, which would have sold more tickets, made more money, and then they'll win the Super Bowl versus the Bengals, which will bring in more revenue. Wow, yeah. uh, that sounds crazy. It's a reason and a half, but like, but it, it doesn't not make sense. Yeah, right. you're trying to tell me any of those players are going to be like, all right, I'll lose the game for you, NFL well, the players. I'm not saying the players know. I'm saying the organization knew. But how would, could they possibly do that if you're playing a football game? They were up 21 to three and then didn't score the whole rest of the game, and they were in the red zone twice and didn't score. That's oh, Patrick Mahomes is not That's just throwing away a game like that. I'm sorry, he doesn't, bro. I don't think he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't know that it's been. Yeah, rigged. he doesn't know that. Like the higher ups. So how could they rig it? What do they put magnets in the football? Like <laughs> no, but they can call uh, the plays. They call. Plays. I don't know. I, baby. I could definitely see. It. I could definitely see. It. I, I don't think it's true. I a hundred percent don't think it's true. But like, it's fu- it's funny. Someone took that much time to connect dots that I could like possibly. Get out <laughs> yeah. like that. Oh, it's really? definitely possible. I thought that too. The NFL is rigged. It's like, come on. Every time Tom Brady scores a game-winning drive, I'm like, bro, it's not real. <laughs> Except this year. Not for real. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty. Why crazy. would you blitz? Why? Why blitz? Why blitz? I don't know. Did you watch the game? Yeah. Bro, so I I read that. Uh, because who blitz? It was the the corner that blitzed, right? Uh, oh yeah, it was the safety that came down. The safety that yes, came, down, came down. He came down to cover receiver in the corner. Yes, blitz. and that Cooper Cup it came through the uh yes. straight up the middle. So and what then, I was what I was reading was the the play was designed for Levante David and the corner to blitz. Mm-hmm. And they thought that Levante David would get to him, and like they re they went back and re and watched the play, and it was like, well, mm-hmm. Levante didn't want to blitz, so he didn't. And they're like, if he would have, he would have gotten Matthew Stafford, who already fumbled that game. They're like, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I think regardless, like, I understand aggressive play style. I'm all about aggression. But, like, dude, there's yeah. got to be times you have to be fucking smart, too. Yeah, no, like, definitely. There's got to be a definitely. time where you're like, I don't give a shit if they think I'm a pussy for the next 15 seconds. Like, we have the best winning quarterback of all time. We're going to go into overtime. Yeah. That I mean, was – that broke my heart. That broke my heart. You have 60 seconds to call plays on defense, you know? It's, you think Tom Brady's going to come back? Out of retirement at some point. Michi, what do you want to say? You want to go first on that? What'd you, what'd you say? I'm sorry. I said, do you think Tom Brady's ever going to come out of retirement? Oh, nah, dude. Giselle's He's got done. chained up. He's <laughs> years old. Why, why would he go back? What is he going to do? Win another Super Bowl? I mean, good. But then look at Brett Favre. He retired three times and came back three yeah. times. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Exactly. I guess there is nothing left for him to prove for real. 
Literally nothing. What does he have to prove to anyone? I'm the biggest Tom Brady hater. I'm a Jets fan. I've seen him beat the Jets <laughs> 55,000 times. I just don't see him coming back. What is – how many – does he have six or seven rings? Seven. Seven. Oh, my God, dude. Seven. If they were to be in the Rams, they would have won this year, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. The AFC was trash this year, honestly. I thought the Bills were going to take it away, but I saw something that, like, you know, they do the probabilities before the season. The Bengals had a 4% chance of making the Super Bowl. Point four. That's crazy. Dude, so do you guys don't think there's any chance the Bengals can win? I can see it. There's, there's always a chance, but I just don't see it. I just don't see how you have Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl going against an O-line that can't protect uh, Burroughs. Like how how he's gonna have a he's gonna have a feast and he's at home, like yeah. I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening, dude. There's just there's just something about Joe Burrow though, dude. No, definitely he has a spark too. I, sure. I can't tell you what it is. Like like I had I had a my roommates asked me the other day because like they know like I follow sports really heavily and like I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to do this for a profession. He's like, what would your like sports journalist or sports analyst breakdown on Joe Burrow be? I'm like, dude, I literally cannot tell you what he does better than anybody else. He doesn't have the best arm. For nothing. Fastest. He doesn't have the best O-line. He, like, he's great in all those categories, but he's not the best. Like, there's not something if you watch him play, like, that stands out about Joe Burrow. He just doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's, he average Joe, he's not paid. He never gets paid. He can get – that's what I'm saying. That's that's crazy he's in the Super Bowl because he's getting set. He's literally getting hit. What was it? Oh, uh, he got Nine times. Nine, nine times. times. Nine times and you still won the football game. That is, that is literally like you can't face him. That's the, that's what it, that's what I think it is. That's that quality, that intangible, that like a lot of quarterbacks don't have. Because if you're getting hit nine times, that's gonna that should be affecting the game. Like you guys should be winning the game if you're gonna hit, get to the quarterback that many times. You know we saw saying? Patrick Mahomes get rattled. I've never seen him like that. Then yeah, never. But uh, yeah, Joe Burrow. He really, you're right. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, no, but like, but the, speaking of what you just said, it wasn't just Joe that won that game. The Bengals' defense showed the fuck up in that second half. No, definitely, definitely, they did. definitely showed the fuck up. But the thing is, like, dude, it's just like I don't know what. What do you think, like, from your perspective? Do you think they they fucked up getting Jamar and not getting another offensive lineman? No, because Jamar is a beast, bro. <laughs> I mean, and they're still in the position that they are right now without without uh, yeah. getting an old lineman. So. I mean, they could probably pick somebody up in this draft after the season, like, and then they're going to be in, in a better spot. But, no, nah, Jamar is a different beast, bro. bro Jamar like, is the biggest, like, fuck you ever, in my opinion. They got they drafted him. No, I mean, like, fuck him saying fuck you. Oh, yeah. They drafted him, and he got nothing. Him and the Cincinnati organization got nothing but shit. They were like, why the fuck wouldn't you get an offensive lineman, blah, 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 all this yeah. shit. And then in preseason, he shit the bed hard. Yeah. He had, like, Definitely six is. drops, like, something insane. Then first game of regular season comes, he snaps. And then all year snaps. And then postseason snaps. Like, mm-hmm. he literally said, fuck you. Like, he was yeah. like, it didn't matter. Now, the Bengals, for the love of God, have to get an offensive lineman in this draft. Like, it, yeah. it has to happen. But getting – I think getting Jamar was good. They, but, like, they can't they can't have Burrow getting sacked nine times a game anymore. Like, that's got to be a one-time thing. That, that yeah, his, his career will be really short. Will be cut short if that if – still happens. Yeah, usually teams with a bad O-line, they usually don't go very far. Very mm-hmm. rare. Yeah, yeah, but like Matthew right. Stafford, dude, I feel like he's also a big fuck you. Like, he really showed it wasn't his fault in Detroit. Mm-hmm. No, he was He was always – he's always been a baller. He's it's always been like, balling. 
Yeah, it's just a team sport for real. Uh, dang. But, like, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for Jared Goff a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I like Jared Goff, too. Yeah. Yeah, throw him to the Wolves out Send there. him to the Detroit. It's the worst. <laughs> Did you guys hear, so Jared Goff had, like, the lowest, like, the smallest recorded hands in the NFL combine or something? And supposedly Kenny Pickett's are, like, a whole inch smaller. Like, the, the NFL average hand, like, I think they measure, what, from here to here? Yeah. Like it's like ten point five inches is average, and like some even have like like Big Ben was like twelve, and like Kenny Pickett is projected to be like eight point two, eight point three. like mine. And they're saying it's because he has a double, he has a double jointed thumb, so it's like it doesn't affect it as much. Mm. But like a lot of people are saying it's gonna hurt his draft stock. Maybe I don't know. Then again, like Burrow has hey, Kyler small, hands, small hands too, but it doesn't even, it doesn't matter if he can play, he can play. Yeah. So. I agree. Look at I, Kyler Murray, bro. He's like five foot eight. <laughs> yeah. He's really not though. He's not that small. Ooh. That's all. He's like six foot. Who? Kyler Murray. That's like no mighty way. Nah, he's he's gotta be six foot. He's no, he's not. He's not. He's literally five nine maximum. No way, bro. I don't know yes, about five bro. nine. <laughs> Maybe five ten, five eleven, but he's not. There's no way he's six foot. There's no way. Five ten. Okay, he's five ten. Five ten with oh, the, craziest, on, the craziest when I watch uh, NBA and I'm like, dude, Steph Curry looks like a jit and he's six three. <laughs> yeah, he's like six five. Crazy. Yeah, like, that shit's crazy to me, bro. They're so much bigger. Yeah, those are giants out there. There's like Spud Webb who was like five foot three, bro. Yeah, yeah, but he was a hooper. Or Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson was like five ten. Yeah, no, Nate Robinson was a hooper also. But uh, hey. Um, Mayan, real quick, uh, if you had to sit down with yourself when you were a senior in high school, like you just finished your senior season, what would mm-hmm. be something that you would, as you now talk, like sitting down with your, your younger self, what was something that you would you would say to yourself to like in any aspect of life, like in general, just to get you ready for, for the next upcoming steps? Like something mm-hmm. you didn't know that you, you should have known, like anything at all? I would probably tell myself just to like, make sure that your mind is right because like your mind is the start of everything everything that you do like if your mind is strong everything else is going to follow but like if you think you're going through hell and you like you're ever going to feel that in all aspects of life you know what i'm saying like everything is going to be terrible like oh my gosh it's raining outside today life is just terrible then if you have those thoughts reoccurring in your head all the time that you're going to have like dang actually now i feel depressed you know what i'm saying but if you have a, a strong mind and you're like and you uh, like meditate all the time, get yourself right, take care of yourself. And like, everything is going to be good. Like everything follows through with that. You know what I'm saying? Everything starts with my mind. Like, especially uh, like going back to, I was going to add the, like what we do for recovery. Like for myself, I, I do meditation sometimes just to like clear my head, just because like everything just goes so fast in college, bro. Like uh, with all the stuff that we do, all the workouts, school, everything can pile on so quickly, you know? So it's just easy. It's like, it's easy to get caught up in that and then be like, get sad because it's like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. But then again, like you have to change your perspective on that stuff. And like, you have to just think it, think of it positively and how it's positively impacting you, you know? 100%. Do you do a lot of like uh, manifestation? Uh, I mean, I haven't really gotten into that that much. It's more just like my breath work. Like uh, if I feel like I'm getting like anxiety or something like with stuff piling on, like just like make sure I'm taking like time to breathe and just like slow everything down. You know what I'm saying? So like if you wake up in the morning, like straight out of bed and just like start meditating, just like five, 10 minutes and just like slowing everything down that you don't have to like 
catch up with your day. You know, sometimes you feel like when you're just like, dang, I have this, like everything's pulling at me. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I feel like uh, people feel like that, like where they're getting like pulled each and every way. When uh, like I meditate in the morning, sometimes I just feel like, like I run my day, you know what I'm saying? Instead of like, I'm chasing my day every, every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for Mindfulness. Sure. Mindfulness. Yeah. The, the anxiety thing for sports is real, dude. Like as I get older, like it's, it, it, it just hit me like little things that used to not bother me and bother me now. Just cause, like, as you get older, things get more important, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. and shit like that. So I, I try to do like a lot of like manifestation, like thinking about the best outcomes. Like, like today, for example, I have a lot on my plate. Like I had this podcast, I have a shit ton of homework. Mm-hmm. I got to eat shit for my girlfriend for Valentine's day. I do all these things. There's a lot. And like, when I first woke up, it was like, holy shit, there's so many things I have to do. So like one thing that I, I've been doing, like I said, I'm a, I'm a student of the game of life. You know, like I, obviously I'm a student, I'm a martial artist and like I'm, I'm a sports journalist. There's other things I want to do, but I'm a student of the game of life as well. And, and attacking it best for myself. And one thing that I started doing a lot, especially recently that my mom's always done to tell me a lot is I started outlining everything in my life. Like, uh, like tonight, right before I go to bed, what I'm going to do is I, I have a notebook that I sit next to my, my nightstand, I'm going to outline what I'm going to do every single day this week coming up from the mm-hmm. second I wake up to the second I go to bed every single day. It's going to say Monday. It's going to have all the shit I got to do. It's going to say Tuesday, all the shit I got to do. Cause I feel like, like you said, there's so much shit that's thrown on me all the time with this podcast. I'm a high school wrestling coach. I'm trying to get another fight in. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to finish school. Like there's a, I have a job. Like there's a lot of shit always thrown at me. It's like, I need to sit down and see it. Once I see it, it becomes a lot smaller. You know, mm-hmm. this, this is the best, your best friend and your worst enemy. You know, exactly. and I try to use it to be my best friend. So I outline everything. Like when we're done with this podcast, I'm going to outline everything I have to do today. And then I'm just going to attack it one thing at a time. So I can put 110% into the first thing I have to do with all effort. Then it's finished. Then I can do the next one rather than sprinkling 25 everywhere and then fucking it up and not doing what I need to do. You know, so that was a big thing for me to help with my anxiety and help my focus was just like, write it down, see what you got to do and then attack it as a list. One play at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Time, time, yeah. I, I try not to think about the past or the future. I don't try to think an hour ahead because I'm in my head. So that's that's how I have to do things, one hour at a time. Yeah, and that was like the death of me in high school. Years. I would think months ahead all the time. Mm-hmm. I would think about what I wanted to do in college, where I wanted to play, where I wanted to wrestle, like who I wanted to be with. Like, I, I dude, when I was like a sophomore in high school, I had my life planned out until I was 30. Like I had it all, like everything was lined up. Now it's like I don't I don't even think about tomorrow. I don't even think about tomorrow because it'll just you have to fuck out. That's how I have to be at least. Yeah, then I'll start thinking about weeks, and I'll start thinking about months, and like, like that you cannot like. I know it's fucked. Like the way I always think about it is like Hitler in World War Two. Like they, they were the most powerful country in the world, but the reason they failed is because they attacked every country at the same time rather than trying to conquer one at a time. So I try to conquer one at a time because so I know if I do that, if if I if I if I can complete a whole day. Right, and I make that day my bitch. I, I do a hundred percent of one, I, what I want to do that day. That makes a great day. Now I do that every day that week. That makes a great fucking week. I do that every week that month. That makes a great month. That makes a great year. And then that's how you do it. You cannot attack mm-hmm. a year worth of shit at once. You just exactly. can't. Too much on exactly. your plate. You know, I like, I like having a lot on my plate. I'd rather be stressed trying to do a lot of shit than sitting around with no responsibilities. That eats yeah, me. Exactly. I've heard a saying. I heard a saying like, "You get to have pressure." You get to have pressure on your back. That's when you know, like, you're doing something with your life is when you have pressure on your back. When you feel that anxiety of, like, dang, like, a lot of people are, a lot of people are relying on me. And, like, I have to, like, I have to get this stuff done. So, like, that's, like, I love that pressure. You know what I'm saying? So, like, just making sure that you attack it the right way is very key to success. You know what I'm saying?
but yeah, I heard I heard someone say if you just dropped off the face of the earth right now, how many people would care? How many people's lives would be torn apart? Mm -hmm. If you have lying on you, that if a lot of people would be hurt by you dropping off the face of the earth, you're doing something right, you know. People are lying. Right. So that's it. No, uh, there was another thing. It's like. When we talked to Jack Anderson for he's a he was a, a leadoff pitcher at Florida State. He's now signed with the Detroit Lions organization. Mm -hmm. uh, no, excuse me, Detroit Tigers. And um, he was like, the big thing is he used to be scared of nerves. Like he would run away from the nerves when he pitched, and it really affected him, especially when he got to college. And he's like, and then as he started to, to mold and mature, he's like, he started loving the nerves because it meant like he started using it for good. Like he knew if he was nervous, he was going to pitch harder. And he's like, and he, and he knew if he was nervous, it meant he cared. You know, he knew that it meant a lot to him. And he's like, I want to always get nervous because I want to always love baseball. I always want to care about how I play. You know, there's a lot of people our age that I feel like they don't care about shit. And that's like my number one biggest pet peeve is like yeah. having nervous to what you do. Like take pride. Like, dude, even if you work a shitty nine to five job that you hate, but you have to do it, like work it to the best ability you can. Take pride in doing it because like, you're representing yourself. Exactly. You know, and I want to always like, I'd rather have that stress knowing that I care about what I do and knowing there's a lot like I have to do than just being like, Oh, it does, I can just wake up and watch cartoons all day. You know, like, I don't want to do mm -hmm. that. You know, like, yeah, that's exactly. That's, I feel like that's also like who you surround yourself with. Like if you're around people who, who love that work and who love pressure, like what we were talking about, like that just, that's even better. Like that fuels the fire, like makes you want to work harder. It makes you just want to be a better person all in general, but like, Misery loves company. So, like, if people who are in that in that mindset are just like, I just want to sit on the couch and just do the same thing every day and just eat food and just uh, do drugs and just, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're all going to just get gather up together and just sit there and talk about how bad their lives are and just, like, just feel bad for each other, you know what I'm saying? But instead of – instead, you can have great people around you who have goals and purpose uh, with them. And then, like, that's how you become successful in life. No, for sure. Yeah. Speaking yeah, on those, right. did you have any specific times throughout your career where you had a slump like that, where you were kind of questioning everything? No, definitely, bro. My first, my first two years at Minnesota, bro. When I wasn't going the way I thought it was gonna go, you know what I'm saying? But that's fine. That's how that's how life goes. Sometimes, and then you just gotta make, you gotta make a decision on what you want to do. Either you can uh, sit and soak about it, or you can change your life. You can change your life. So you, that's what I did. I just, I knew I could play somewhere. I knew that I was good enough to go play football somewhere else. So that's what I did. I went, I went there. I just, I, and I worked. I just put my head, I went to Rutgers. I put my head down at work. And that's all, that's, that's all it is. Uh, pretty what, much. what were some of the things that were going through your mind during that slump? Like, what, what was it like, what was it that like caused it? And like, what were you thinking? Like, what were some of like the demons you were battling there? It was just, it was bad, bro. I wasn't even like taking care of myself for real. Like I was drinking and stuff like that, but it's just like, uh, like I just had a, like I needed people that were close to me who were, who were pulled me out of that slump and I had those people around me, you know? So um, it was just good to good to like get out of that slump and then know that you can become the better version of yourself. And that's what, I feel like that's what life is about is just trying to become the best version of yourself that you can be. So uh, like, even though that was a, like not the best time of my life, it was like, I needed that, you know? 100%. I needed that for my journey. So that way I can be even stronger than who I, stronger now, you know what I'm saying? No, for sure. Trust me, bro. I know about that. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, my, I'm a big, big, big believer in experience over knowledge. Because, like, I can read about overcoming adversity and I can read about working out and doing all this hard shit. But if I've never done it, bro, it, it, it does not matter. Like, there's a lot of practices, a lot of losses I've had in my life where I'm like, 
holy shit, they broke me. Like they really fucked me up mentally, but I needed them so much. Like at the time I didn't realize that, but like I needed it. Like it really did. Like COVID yeah. was, was it, COVID sucked when it first, like I'm talking about the very beginning of COVID, like when like quarantine, like we had to go back to Tampa, like we didn't know what was going to happen. Couldn't leave our house. Like that kind of COVID it, it really blessed me athletic wise. Because at the time I was, what you said, I wasn't surrounding myself with people that had the same mission and same goal as I did, or even supporting what I was doing. They were just like, let's party all the time. Let's do this, let's do that. So like, there was like a three month gap. I didn't work out or go to practice once. I would party every single day because that was the people I was surrounded with. COVID came, I come back home and I have nothing to do. I can't go see anybody. I can't do anything. So my parents, they upgraded our, our garage to a gym. We had a, a friend selling like dumbbells up to like 80 pounds for, for $1,200, sold it to us for like 800 snag of a deal. Blessing. Yeah, so, blessing. yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to grind. I was like, I have literally nothing to do all day. School was paused for like a month. Like I, I couldn't go see my friends. I was like, I'm just going to grind. And it reinstilled my hunger. It, mm-hmm. that, that, that first month of COVID made me the dog that I am now that I, I lost. I literally lost that dog. Like I wasn't yeah. hungry to fight. I wasn't hungry to compete. I wasn't even hungry to train. And I do I did that that month and it relit a fire on me. It got to the point where I was like, I'm only going to surround people that support what I want to do. I don't give right. a shit about partying anymore. Like this is what I want with my life. Exactly. And I would have never found that dog. I, I honestly, like not to be like an extreme, I might've never fought if COVID didn't come. I might've never yeah. fought that switch. And that, and like at the time I was so mad that COVID came, but now I am so beyond, obviously it's should be over with. I think it's way past what it did, but that, I'm talking about that first month. It, yeah. it, it, it reshaped me into to a man and it sucked getting yeah. back into shape from when so much pain, is so much worse, <laughs> so much worse, but it fucking, it, it sharpened my body and my, it really, really, really sharpened my mental. Uh, and that I'm so thankful for. So thankful. Yeah. Sometimes uh, people can tell you things, but if you don't experience them yourself, you'll never learn. I learned that the hard way, but you just got to keep pushing forward, bro. bro. Can't give up. I've had times where I wanted to give up on shit. Trust me, dude. I've been- yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's why, like, well, sometimes it's, it's good that happens because then you have a fear of it. Like, I'm afraid that'll ever happen to me again. I'm afraid yeah. I'll, lose, I'll lose my dog. And just because of that fear, like, there's days I don't want to go. I'll go to work for four hours and then I have to go to practice at night. And I'm like, I don't want to go get punched in the face for two hours, but I, I'm so scared. If I don't like, I'm going to lose that dog. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm terrified to lose the hunger. Cause you only have, especially in my sport, you only have a six to eight year career. If, if you are like the best, cause it's so, it's so damaging. So like, mm-hmm. I want to attack it is I want to go all in now so that I'd rather live with, I'd rather live with, with failure than regret. I feel that. That's the same thing for me. Like, I feel, I fear that, that feeling of me slipping back into that old mind state, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I always say I got to work on my mental. I got to just keep myself, take care of myself. You know, that's, that comes before anything else that I do. Cause that's going to impact everybody around me. Cause like, if I'm not in a, if I'm in a negative mind state, it's going to affect the way I treat my family. It's going to affect the way I treat my girlfriend, my friends, you know what I'm saying? So if like, and there's, there's no reason for me to be treating them in a bad way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if I keep myself short, then I can uh, treat everybody the right way, how they're supposed to be treated and everything is good, you know? Yeah, dude. One thing that really helped me too is, and um, one reason we even kind of like started this podcast is to show like <laughs> how everyone is the same. You know, like when you get down in that dark place, like, and you're like on the verge of like, I'm going to quit football or I'm going to quit fighting. Mm-hmm. 
you start thinking like, why is everyone else's life so much better than me? Why is my teammate, blah, blah, blah. Like hit, look how happy he looks on his social media. Like he's doing all these great things. He's doing that. Everyone has these demons. Everyone's fighting anxiety. And yeah. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. I don't care if you're Conor McGregor. I don't care if you're fucking LeBron James. They battle the same fucking things. Mm-hmm. They, they go through the same stuff. They're not going to show it out in media because that's their brand and their image, but they're going through the same things. And one thing that I've loved when, since we started this podcast is talking to elite athletes like you and, and, and professional athletes we've talked to. It's like realizing that everyone's going through the same battle. And when you realize that and you realize everyone's human and everyone goes through the same shit, it really helps you fight those demons a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Realization. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's everything I got. Dimitri, anything else? Oh, let's wrap it up. Dang, it was two hours. Yeah. Bye. Right. Hey, time time flies. Yeah, I'm fun, man. <laughs> no, for real. But hey, my man, really appreciate you coming on, bro. We're definitely gonna support you throughout your next, hopefully, only one season because we can get drafted. If not, two. <laughs> yes. But yeah, dude. Yes, we'll see what happens, man. And really appreciate you coming on. It means a lot. Always, hey, thanks, bro. That was a good one. Good to see you, boys.